It's warming up. We are live. We are live, people. Come on. Let's do the jazz hands. Look, safety harbor, firearms, jazz hands from Walter right there. Thank you. Lola, look, Lola's here giving me the water. Okay, that's it. Enough of you, Lola. I don't no, want the people. Well, get I don't, want, back. Come on, I don't come want them on. to get used to you. <laughs> there we go. We've got Andrew of We Run Guns. There you go. Come on, Andrew. Throw up. Hey, what's up, everybody? Let's see the jazz hands, Andrew. There you go. Awesome. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? Good. This is episode 243 of the Who Move My Freedom podcast, coming to you live from the Strange Media Studios here in Gainesville. And uh, our special guest, as I said already, we run guns. Andrew, there he goes. Uh, what part of the world are you from, Andrew? Miami, Florida, man. Born and raised. There you go. Miami. So yeah, Miami in the house. <laughs> there we go. So it's an all-Florida night, Walter. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we got, like, all parts. You know, Andrew has the south. I've got the north. You've got the central. <laughs> it's all good. And you got donuts. Where's the donuts for the rest of us? There's a bag in the, in the other room. Yeah. Oh, okay. Spencer made a whole bag of donuts. Well, I got three. Oh, three. Okay. Well, that's enough. That's plenty. Yeah. That's more than the rest of us got. So mm-hmm. there you go. Welcome to everyone that's joining us live. Uh, of course, I'm going to shout out the people in the chat here in a second. Uh, please don't forget to hit those thumbs ups. Okay. We appreciate it. Also share this with your friends. The, uh, the title of the show tonight is, uh, do you remember... <laughs> Do you remember? And our guest is Andrew from WRG on YouTube. We run guns. That's what the WRG stands for. So yeah, let's uh, let's get let's uh, actually let's just jump right into the do you remember part. Of course, what? Why can I? Sorry. What am I hearing? You're hearing this. What are you looking at? I was going to do some shameless self promotion of your show. Oh, <laughs> mute your phone. Oh, let me see. Hold I on. did. I did. I did. Let okay. me mute mine right now. <laughs> I'm slow. You know that. Yes. So, of course, it is uh, September 11th, 2018. And uh, I'm sure that you guys, everyone here remembers September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. Right. 17 years ago. Seems Definitely. like a long time. You know, Andrew, you look like a young dude. How old are you? 28 years old. Actually, just turned 29 uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. You're 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 older than I thought, man. Yeah. So just had my birthday like last weekend. Oh, cool. Oh, Happy cool. birthday. Cool. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, since you're our guest, uh, do you do you remember back then? How old were you back then? Uh, sixth grade, man. Uh, however sixth old grade. the sixth grader is. Yeah. There you go. So you said you just turned 29. Just turned 29 right now, man. Okay. All right. Wow. So you're like 12 or something, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, in that neighborhood. Yeah. yeah I remember. Man. I was like, like or, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty much like in, uh, I remember my first period class, my professor really didn't think too much of it. We had like a, you know, over the speakers, they kind of told us, you know, something was going on, but nobody mm-hmm. was pretty sure. And then by second period, uh, one of my professors, actually, she had a daughter that worked in New York and specifically in the trade towers. So she was like glued to the TV, you know, since we got to that class and. Okay. You were still here, you were here in Florida. Yeah, I was in I was in Miami. Okay, when that happened. So everyone's kind of glued to the TV and pretty much in shock. You know, at the first tower, nobody was really sure exactly what was uh-huh. going on, but by the second tower, you kind of knew it was, you know, uh, on purpose. Yeah, I think that um, it's kind of weird, right, Walter? When when things happen like this, and it happens when kids are in school, 
The only thing that I can remember happening when I was actually in school at the time, I think, is one of the shuttle disasters uh, way back when. And I remember, you know, being in school when that happens. I think that just makes it just yeah. it, you know, when something like this really bad happens and you're in school and you're surrounded by all these other people, this there's something about that that I think just makes it something that that you can you can always remember that pretty vividly. I don't know if you feel that way, Andrew, from actually being in school with all your friends and stuff. Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's, a, it's like a memory. It's like it happened yesterday. You could remember like every little detail about it. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, it was pretty, pretty tough day. I think a lot of people were trying to leave early that day. People didn't know what was happening. Basically, the country was like under attack. Mm-hmm. So pretty yeah. scary day. Yeah. Did you get that feeling at that age that, oh, wow, we we just joined a war or war has been declared on America or we're at war? Because I remember those thoughts going through my mind over and over again when I was looking at it. Did you did you feel yeah, like I mean, that? I definitely like got those goosebumps, you know, under you kind of knowing like, hey, you know, something has changed. You're kind of like looking at the sky all the time to look at planes. You're kind of like, you know, on edge. And definitely there was a feeling that something different happened. OK. Walter, where were you when this whole thing went down? I was sitting in my kitchen in the house here. I hadn't went to work yet because I just hadn't left yet. And um, everybody was kind of, Spencer was only two then. So he's a little one. And then Will was probably, well, he's 25. So, he, you know, in that same kind of elementary school thing, I guess you'd say. But, um, um, yeah, it was just like watching. We were watching Fox News that morning. Actually, it was on the TV. And um, and boom, you know, this thing's going on, you know, and I'm thinking this ain't accident. You don't fly into a building on a clear day. You don't mm-hmm. do that. It doesn't happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, well, my brother-in-law used to work in the World Trade Center. Um, at least I I didn't know if he was still working there at that time. But I thought to myself, if Peter's there, he's dead. So <laughs> there's no getting out of that unless you get out early. Um, like those, some of those people did, but then when yeah, the second are you thing, on lower floors or something, right, right. You have no sense to get out when they told people not to leave, which mm-hmm. was crazy. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, when the second one hit, it's like, okay, game on, you know, um, rock and roll. And then where I worked at that time was over by the Tampa airport. And that was a comp was a right over the flight pass. So the planes landed all day long and, and it was quiet. You know, because they stopped all the all the air traffic, and it was like eerily quiet. You know, because there was none. Even my house here, there's this weren't a flight path for St. Pete Clearwater, so there was no air traffic at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I you know I knew it was it was game on after that. Well, that day it was game on for the military guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and and we've been messing with it ever since. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of remember it. Um, the same kind of way. I remember getting up early because the boys were really young. Uh, my oldest son was born in 99 and the younger one was born in 2000. So that that tells you how old they were when that happened. And I think that Lola and I were um, were taking them to kind of like a daycare that um, we, we were living in Jersey at the time. And I was commuting back and forth to New York to do the things that I did. And um I remember just seeing that on the news when we were getting ready to take them. But, you know, you're seeing this thing on the news and you don't really understand what it is. And you're thinking, okay, I have to like get going here. And on the, on the way taking the boys there, we were still hearing this news and still processing it, you know? And, um, or I think, I think I, I, I remember it was early 
when all this stuff happened, maybe we already took them before, but I remember thinking like, I've got to go get my kids and I've got to bring them back home because we're not in normal standing anymore. Right, yeah. You know, like I remember thinking this is not like you can't go about your regular life at this moment because everything changes from here. And the funny thing, I think, is that a lot of people have kind of like gotten over that. But that was a time in in recent history when Americans realized like we can't all just join hands and Kumbaya. Sing, yeah, <laughs> sing Kumbaya and everything's going to be OK and the world's all going to get along. You know, I think that kind of like brought it home to me. And a lot of things that I do now, I, I can like kind of point back to that moment in time when everything in my mind started to change and things that I've always thought about, things I've always wanted to do, things I was always interested in. I started saying, OK, now I have to do this. I have to stop waiting around and thinking that someone else can protect me or I can leave all of this up to the government or this person or that person that I need to start taking responsibility for a lot of things happening. Um, because so many things went down in 9-11, uh, in if you really think about it, right? These guys did what they did without the use of guns. Mm -hmm. So for all that we hear about now, you know, where people wanna take the guns away from us, these guys did these things without it. I mean, how many people are we talking about that, uh, that died in 9-11? Um, what is um, it like almost 3000 is 3, like something. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when, when you think about that and you think that these guys did that to us and we really didn't have much that we could do in that moment to undo a lot of what went on, obviously there's the guys that brought down uh, the plane that was meant to, to go into DC. I don't know, take out the white house, take out the Pentagon, uh, you know, obviously the Pentagon uh, came under attack, but who knows yeah, where those, had... go ahead. No, we also had, you know, Flight 93, you know, the, the Shanksburg, Shanksburg yeah. Pennsylvania, Shanksburg, is that what it is? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I think they were trying to fly multiple planes into, to. Um... Yeah. The, the thing that I heard afterwards was, and, and you'll never know because they'll never tell you because so many people screwed up so bad in the whole 9-11 thing, not catching these people. I think that's the main part. Nobody wanted to claim any, because <laughs> a lot of people really dropped the ball on 9-11. Mm -hmm. But they found they found other planes with other box cutters in them. So how, yeah, many, other, how many other ones didn't make it to their plane or somehow got stopped because of what was going on? Was it supposed or to guys be, just chickened out. Well, or was yeah, it supposed they, they to be? guys. Was it supposed to be a lot larger? Um, yeah, but you'll uh, you know you'll never hear the facts on that because they won't tell you uh, because the facts point fingers at a lots of people that we get oil from. So, <laughs> yes, a lot of those people, their children, etc. You know, there were guys who like gave up, or guys who decided they didn't want to go through with it and all that. So yes, things could have been a lot worse. Like a lot of times in America, we don't realize that we actually, as terrible as things were, they could have been worse. And however you want to put it, like by the grace of God, luck, fate, chance, whatever you want to leave it up to, you know, things could have been worse than that. But it's that was 17 years ago and we're here today and things are still happening. 
Um, we haven't seen anything quite as bad as that in, in one particular incident. But I think we're still just going by by that luck because it seems that people have forgotten about that and people, you know, have gotten comfortable again and they don't think those kind of things are going to happen. They don't think there's any reason or need for them to be able to defend themselves or protect themselves. They make excuses for the for the people who do this kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I want you to accept them. Um, yeah, I think we have to remember that. I think we have to remember that there's some people that there's nothing that we can do. The o- only our extinction from the face of the planet will make these people happy. And when I say our, I'm talking about like America and the American way of life. Uh, Christians, sorry, Christians. Let's modify that. I, I don't think. Uh, yes, I understand what yes. you're saying, but I don't think that it's just <laughs> Christians that they were going after. I think that well, America they killed, they killed Muslims too. Same time doesn't matter. Absolutely. But I think America stands up as something in the world that people say, yeah, we don't want that. And we'll show you how terrible that is. And we'll hurt those people. And we'll make you know, we'll make you not want to be like that. And I think that's kind of worked on people out there that they're like, oh, man, you know, we don't want to stand up there like America and and have people come after us. Well, that's that's bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Um, That's the old that's the old way. That's the Obama way. Sorry. It's a fact. Yeah, I think that I think that what America stands for, it's a good thing. It's definitely not perfect. Um, There were lots of problems in the past, things that we fix, things that we still have not fixed, problems that we still have. But I don't see anywhere in the world that offers this kind of freedom to people. And that's not just the country. That's not just the Constitution or the flag. It's the people that are in America for the most part and what they believe. And I think the whole the whole idea of a terrorist is to scare the crap out of you to where you don't, you know, you're like, no, 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 I don't want to do anything to, to call attention to myself and have something like that happen. And I think that's why they came, that's why those guys wanted to do something here in America. And that's why people still continue to want to do that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah but it's, you know, still the best country in the world. Everyone wants to come here. so. And I don't know if you guys remember, like during that time, there was like a really strong sense of patriotism. Everyone had like the the flags on their cars. I don't know if yeah. you guys had that in your area. Oh yeah, that was all over the country, man. We were all one yeah. for a couple yeah. of weeks. Even, even the Democrats started singing Kumbaya for a while. Yeah, we were so, all one. We 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 yeah. all of a sudden believed yeah. in the Constitution again. We yeah, believed that was we disrespecting could respect the flag. Yeah, yeah, but you now know. now it's like uh, you know not so much. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, it's uh, I think I think it's built into our programming as human beings to easily forget things well, so that whole, we can deal and move on, move forward. There's a whole generation since then that have no. That don't have any inc- they don't have any 9-11. What's that? Yeah. Well, the crazy thing is, is that since then we haven't had peace. It's not like. That happened, and then people forgot about it and moved on. Yeah, There's but, still things happening in the world. Oh, of course there are. Yeah, ask, I mean, ask the French, ask the English, ask the, the Swedes, ask the Germans. Yeah, ask the, France, ask the Syrians. Yeah, ask the Iraqis. Yeah, they'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. Even here in America, people have tried to do things. Oh yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think we've been di- we've been diligent and done stuff. Some of the things we've done haven't done anything you know we like all the stuff that happens every time you go to an airport every time you're gonna take your fucking shoes off at the airport just remember remember why you have to take your shoes off it's not because that was because of that one guy 
It's not because you're any safer because you take your shoes off because of that one some bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that some some of the things that we've done don't do anything. It's tantamount to me. It's it's, it's silly. Well, have you? <laughs> it's silly. <laughs> so I think you guys know this, right? If you who who crosses the street here, like like you know, some some of we, we mostly drive, but I'm sure you walk and you have to cross the street. Well, you know those buttons at the at the uh, when you go to cross the street, a lot of them the don't crosswalk. Do yeah. They no, they don't do anything. They're just they're just there to pacify you. It's a button that you push. It does not change the flow of traffic or the timing of those lights. And I think that a, a lot of things that we're doing at the airport just serve that purpose to it's make feel, us feel safe. It's feel good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't actually make us feel safe. It doesn't yeah. actually stop things. Now, there are some things that are doing things about it. There are some things that are changing things. Obviously, um, I hate to say it, but we've lost uh, a lot of Americans. I think probably way more than we lost in 9-11 going to Afghanistan and Iraq. Um, oh, yeah. You know, to 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 fight what obviously we believe is uh, terrorists. I'm not 100 percent sure <clears throat> why we went into Iraq. I'm, yeah, things know. got a little mixed up in there. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent on that one. I don't know where you come down on that, Walter. I don't know. You know, I don't know if we made things <clears throat> better. I, I don't like the way we went in there. If you're going to go in there and you're going to fight a war, let's go in and fight a war. So, and yeah. you know, we're not worried about, you know, when you drive through a neighborhood and they set off a bomb, mm-hmm. no more neighborhood. Boom, gone. Then when you drive through that neighborhood again, you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Not drive through the neighborhood once the bomb goes off, drive through the neighborhood again, the bomb goes off. No. Yeah. Well, <laughs> listen, you, you always, you, you, when, you occupy, when you occupy some place, you always run the risk of, of insurgencies, when right? When you occupy a place, you occupy it. And that's not a pleasant, it's not a pleasant thing and a war thing because you go through the neighborhood and you cleanse the neighborhood. Yeah. You don't but just, you always have. They, they, ahead, they didn't do that in World War II. World War II, they didn't, they didn't come into a town and just drive through the thing and look at it and leave. Somebody, somebody always, they, they, they occupied as they went through. Um, you can't just drive through a town and, and oh, we, we won that town and keep going, you know, like they did. And, you know, the bad guys are still there. They're still doing their yeah. thing, you know, so. Yeah, go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, we just have to be careful because in those situations, you know, for every one civilian that gets killed, it creates five more enemies, you know, because that's someone's brother, someone's son, you know, that concept. Yeah, and that concept is good. But in reality, uh, it doesn't it doesn't win the war. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's. I mean, that's the in Germany. Ask the Germans. Ask. I mean, yes, we we bombed the shit out of the Germans until until finally there was nothing left. Um, and the only reason they kept fighting because they were well, I wouldn't say they were all forced to fight, but still, um, we won. There was no placation. There was no there was no treaty. There was no um, let them live or anything like that. The Germans, the, the American general said, no, we're not letting in the Nazis. There's not going to be a peace. You know, we're not going to negotiate a peace with the bad guys. And, and until you just like ask the Israelis, is there peace in Israel? No. Really? I, why? And why is that? Because they haven't they haven't finished. Well, ask yourself this. I think both of you not. guys are right. I think both of you guys are right. The problem is, is before you occupy someplace it's like you're saying before you because once you occupy. Imagine if someone occupied America. Now, we all know most people in America are just going to give up and go along with it. You uh-huh. know, right. Okay. 
there's gonna be hell there's gonna be hell to pay well obviously yes there's those of us who are going to fight back we would be the insurgents so you want to think before you actually occupy a place you want to you want to think about what you're going to do there because yeah if you can't go in there and play around no you You know you're now you're now taking over someone's backyard as not Andrew a, said, you're a, now killing someone's brother or sister or mother or whatever it is. And you better make damn sure that you know why you're there. And clean the all, you know, you got to go to the, you got to go to the neighborhood and clean the weapons up. Iraq was full of guns from front to back and weapons and artillery and uh, Afghanistan, same way. Yeah. So you, you have to clean. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's complicated. Of, it's yeah. a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing to do. You can't uh, do it. You can't go at it halfway. I you think. Know, Go ahead. Either got to go balls to the wall and drop a million soldiers in the thing and do it. Or, or don't. Or don't. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things like what led up to this whole thing, because obviously Osama bin Laden started out hiding in Afghanistan. That's yes, not he where was he was there. Yeah, that's not where he wound up. But, you know, um, well, he wasn't far. No. You know, and I think that what happened is that places in the world were under the impression then and in my mind, they're still under the impression now that they can harbor people like that. Well, That's if they the don't, the world if, they, if, if they let them be, they'll be all right. You know, if, if you don't bother them too much, they won't bother you. That kind of attitude. And, you know, eventually it, it comes right back to bite you in the ass because, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're not happy. Those type of folks are not happy with anybody's uh, way of doing things beside their own, aside from their own. There's no compromise. There's no, you know, to a fundamentalist. So it's the same with the fundamentalists here. If it's you got a fundamentalist, uh, whoever they are, Baptist or Catholic or whatever, and they're really nutty about it. Nothing is right except their right, their way. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're not dealing. I think we're we're not dealing with people that it's going to it's going to make any difference to to try to talk to. I don't think I don't think there's any way to negotiate our way out of a particular situation. (laughs) Andrew, I. You, Andrew, you got to jump in yeah, here. Yeah, you, can, you, can right, here. <laughs> you can tell me I'm crazy anytime you yeah, want. Yeah, don't be nice. <laughs> All right. Well, to Hank's point earlier, you know, in Pakistan, obviously they caught Osama like right next to a police station, I believe. So it's kind of hard to believe they didn't really know what was going on or who was in the neighborhood. Bill Clinton could have killed him in Somalia. He had, they knew the building he was in, he knew where he was staying, but Bill Clinton decided to be Bill Clinton hmm. and not do anything because for whatever reason, he didn't want to get involved or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, and then, um, yeah, Pakistan, there he is, you know, he's, he's right in the town, but that was, I mean, it took a lot of detective work, you know, something. It's always a risk. It's always a risk. Yeah. I mean, when you go, when you go flying into some other guy's country to kill somebody else, there's a risk that somebody might shoot you down along the way or they, you know, something could have happened bad there in that town. And then we would have, what would you have done? Well, yeah, and listen, I'm, I'm happy that Osama no longer exists. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. let's face this fact. That was just the closing of a chapter in a story. It, yeah, was, he was, not, just, it was not the end of the story. No, no, no. That was just, a, that was just part yeah. of it. You know, you and we're, to, not dealing, we're not dealing with a story that started um, on 9-11. We're not dealing with a story that started actually, on, on, on September 11, 2001. That story started way before that. Actually, part of it, part of it's uh, Reagan's fault, and I'll go back that far. Why would oh, you say that? Okay, well, he had a choice. 
He hated the Russians, right? He's going to get the Russians. So here we go. Remember what happened in Beirut with the Marines? And they, and um, Hezbollah or Hamas blew up their Marine Corps barracks there and killed like 200-something Marines. He could have nipped that in the bud. But instead of – yeah, it's tough choices to make. Which who are you going to go after? Are you going to go after the Russians in Afghanistan? Or are you going to go after – and where you're where at that time, the Islamists and the um, – the Mujahideen were their friends. They were working with the Americans. Yeah, we were, we were always playing but the game. But if you went and chased the other Arabs, Muslims over in Lebanon, you might have pissed off the Mujahideen over there, and they might have kicked us out. So he wouldn't have had friends with the Russians. So you had to. He's like, well, you know, well, unfortunately, yeah. the Marines got killed. So just to explain this a little bit, because you know, Walter, everyone's not been there for the whole history or studied <laughs> the entire history of it. So I think the, there was this thing going on called the Cold War. So we were. We were at we were in the Cold War with the Russians, right? You know those Russians that people yeah, are using that, right now yeah, to say that they try to influence our elections. Russian, yeah, right. Yeah. So here's the thing that happened: we were in a Cold War with the Russians, and it, this was not a war that we were fighting the Russians hand to hand. We were doing things to them; they were doing things to us. One of the things we did to them, right, Walter? We were supporting the people they were fighting. Yeah, yeah. We gave and them. Who, and who were they fighting? They were fighting the Mujahideen, the, the, yeah, the native Afghans, I guess you'd call them. Exactly. And that's where that's how Osama bin Laden went in there and got his training and all that kind of stuff. And then at some point, I think we kind of like pulled the rug out from under those guys we were supporting. Well, after we got done, yeah, that happened, too. And But then when the Desert Storm came along and we set up ourselves in Saudi Arabia, that really pissed off Osama bin Laden because, you know, we run the, the Holy Land uh, for them. So. You know, you're not supposed to let the infidels come into the into your holy ground. So um, that that's that really got him going, I guess. That's the main thing. I was yeah. just mentioning the Lebanon thing because that was the beginning of um, Hamas and all that that whole bunch over there. And we could have destroyed that, nipped that in the bud way back then, but we didn't yeah. either. And that's been festering ever since too. So yeah, I think it's complicated. Just, go ahead, go ahead, Andrew. Just talking about like the concept of the enemy of our enemies, our friend. You know, that kind of like why it's his fault using that strategy. Yeah, I think so. But I think also I'm talking about like this complicated web that we weave that today someone's our friend, like you just said. And then tomorrow they're our enemy. Then the next day they're our friend, maybe our frenemy. And we're constantly going back and forward. And we can avoid a lot of this by being um, like self-reliant. By Well, yeah, energy independence. This, this, this need for this, this artificial need for oil which we have plenty of oil, we have plenty of gas, we have plenty of coal. We have more than those folks over there have anyways. But we've, we, but we've always got this, this side over here screaming, you're not going to put an oil rig off my coast. Yeah. Somebody else's backyard, I think, is our <laughs> yeah. problem. Not right? over here by me. You know? And it's like, well, you like to drive that Lincoln, don't you? You like to fly to Vegas and play the slots, don't you? Well, how the fuck are you going to do that if you don't, you know? So I think it's always someone else's backyard. I think it's that's our case is that we don't want to create power or create solutions for our for our power needs here in America. We want to get it from other places. And then at the same time, there's other people that use us to fight their wars that they don't want to fight. You know, and there's a lot of that going on around the world. It makes everything complicated. And, you know, it would be awesome if we could just simplify things. I think it's just in the human nature to make things complicated. But still, what's true is true. If if we learned how to be self-reliant 
If we understood what it means for people to be able to defend themselves, and when people truly come after us, instead of playing games, fuck them up, take them out, fuck them up, and move that's on. Bad. I mean, and and that's what that part of the world understands that fuck them up stuff because yeah. if you notice, the only thing that works over there is governments wise is a strongman dictatorship for the most part. The only place that doesn't exist so much so much is in Israel, but the rest of the most of the Middle East is all run by dictators when it runs you could have went to syria hank strange and went and saw the ancient ruins and and visited that stuff you could have went to you could have went to libya and went to the beach when Gaddafi was in power but we decided or you know Barack obama did and hillary clinton that you know libya needed to go and what they create they created a cluster and 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 and, and almost spread into look what happened in egypt with the arab spring and the and the muslim brotherhood egypt was going to flip over and go wonky crazy too and egypt controls the suez canal you know so trade um, you can't um you can't you, it, it's like iran saying they're going to shut down the straits of hormuz yeah right you're going to shut it down sure b-52 is going to shut your navy down too um that's what i tell that son of a bitch so you know you you have to you have to deal with these people in a way they understand they don't understand negotiation negotiation is a weak point to it to the to the Muslim Arab community, that's like if you're negotiating, you're not, you're not the, you're not the strong guy. It's just, a, it's a fact. So yeah, you know, I read something recently with uh, with North Korea in the same concept. You know, yeah. with uh, Trump's meetings with him. You know, it seems like uh, I, at least I read recently that you know he is powering up the nuclear program. He never slowed it down, and maybe Trump's efforts may have been futile. Maybe we look, we have to see right now. Um, it, it may seem we don't know this until it plays out. And I'm not trying to defend Trump at all. But what I think I do see is that North Korea obviously knows someone is talking to them. Right. And and so they're kind of like going to use that to their advantage. At the same time, they they are dealing with South Korea a little bit better. Ultimately, if you know, I guess we're we're playing that game of trying to talk this out and work it out and all that. I hope we'll that there's- a, I mean, I'm all for diplomacy if it works. I mean, if we could get it yeah. done diplomatically, it, it saves everyone yeah. time, money, yeah. lives. I think, absolutely. I think there has to be a point though, right? At the there end of the time when, you know, you, we've been getting, we've been getting bent over and done in that backside for since 1953 by the North Koreans. So eventually that's just their mode of operandi. They expect it. They, that's yeah. what the Americans are gonna do. They're gonna, they're gonna give us something and they're gonna look good and that guy's gone. Next yeah. guy will come in. Well, you know. Yeah. So what? I think at some point there has to be that thing that says, hey, look, you know, uh -oh. you, you mess with us. This uh -oh. is what happens to you. And that's mommy, how we'll move forward in the world. Mommy, but, mommy China, mommy, China, help me. <laughs> you know, it's like the Chinese can't afford for us to turn the trade off. They yeah. cannot. We can. We can. It doesn't matter how much money we owe the Chinese. Who gives a. F they they're, they cannot. If their if their economy collapses, they have. Their, their whole economic way of life is kind of people, masses of people have moved to the cities. It used to be they, li they, lived in the, they, lived in the, they lived in the country, but now all these people have moved into the cities for manufacturing. So they got to be fed. They got to be, you know, if yeah. it collapses, it could be really nasty in China really fast. You know, so. But I think the 2008 pretty much proved that, you know, the whole global economy is like intertwined. So I think if one major power goes down, you're, we're going to feel it. We Especially can with investment banks and everything else kind of having their money everywhere, people's retirement yeah. everywhere. 
I well, think that's true, except for one thing. Go ahead, Walter. I'll let you get your we, thing. Our economy can withstand that stuff better because we, we're not – okay, I don't know how to explain it, but the Chinese, they have to have oil. They don't have any oil of their own, not very much. They, have, they can't feed themselves. They import millions of tons of food every year. We can feed ourselves. <laughs> we, can, we, can, we can power ourselves if we have to. A lot of these places can't do it. So, I, I, you know, you know what, what we, I think? You know what I think about that? I think that this is why you see Russians, North Koreans, the Chinese, and a, and a bunch of other people, by the way. You'd be surprised at some of the people, if you really uh, looked into it, that are trying to hack America. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not the election. Elections really, you know, that's, that's not really the big prize. Yeah. If they could shut down power grids and and uh, disrupt banking and all yeah. of that kind of stuff here in America, they could do way more damage. Well, that's our fault than, for that. That's yeah, no than way. we've seen. So here's the thing that I say about that. There exists technology and, and systems today to decentralize all of that, right? Oh, the yeah, problem, yeah. What, what, what is, what's so hard about decentralizing the power system? Uh, not mean, just the power system. We could decentralize Pretty much were, everything that we how have. How they hack? I mean, I could never understand how you're hacking the Pentagon and stuff like that. Are you that? Are, are our systems that bad? Oh, oh, look at this. Oh, look at his special guest. Who <laughs> is this guy? Quick, I let me. Robin. Hold on. Let me. What's up? Defend let me, myself. Let me have it. I gotta rob you. <laughs> you Give can me have something. Yeah, you can have my water if that's what you want. <laughs> But my guns you'll never have. So Babyface P is here Ooh, showing off that. his motorcycle. Ooh. When are you going to take your helmet off? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> yeah. See. So, yeah, here's the thing. I think we could decentralize a lot of things. Um, banking, for example, we could decentralize Bitcoin's proof of that, right? You know, yeah. um, you could decentralize those things, lots of things. And that same system, I've been looking into a lot of this lately. I don't know. I don't have like a super understanding of like a blockchain and things like that. But I've been looking into it because I think it's uh, it's really important. But that's the method by which we could decentralize a lot of this stuff, because right now, a lot of these things are in control of a few corporations or the government. And that's why they're constantly under attack. And as we could see, you can't you can't really rely on the government at all. They don't know crap about security, to be honest with you. No. And uh, you really can't rely on the companies either. So I think those things have to get decentralized before somebody figures out how to really create like a coordinated attack on us and shut a lot of stuff down. Why are you stealing hat? Don't put my hat back. Okay, now you're gonna make me. So Armin, this is my favorite hat you just Ar put. Armin Axis pledged uh, two dollars, I think, Did for he? his son's birthday. Oh, uh, DGG DCG forty four. I have a Triumph two thousand sixteen Triumph Bonneville T one hundred. Oh, what this is, is a really I didn't, nice hat. I really like. I didn't, no, that this hat you cannot have <laughs> at all. You can have. Oh, any is, hat. That, is that when you, <laughs> that's from a new sponsor? Hella nice. No, 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 no. Oh, no, that's from no. SEMA. Yeah, this is from SEMA show. Oh, that's, that's his car ball. Alone. That's, that's a car ball. In Take hand. any hat here. You could have this one. I I, I Did I give you hair. one of these hats? Make AR great again. No, but oh man, baby face is a stealer. He's a stealer of hats, man. I'm constantly giving you hats, dude. Much. There you go. You can see my bolt spot. What's up? Lighting. 
Hey, uh, tell Babyface I just shouted him out. Oh, go ahead. Pledge two bucks. Oh, okay. Tell okay. his kid happy birthday. What's his kids? I didn't even see that because we were having. Lola, Lola told me to say something. Okay. Armorman and Axis, tell us the name of your son, but happy birthday to him. Uh, we've been uh, we've been uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I'm just I'm just wearing all the hats today. <laughs> yeah, baby face, you gotta get your own hats. <laughs> you should have a hat. You should have a hat on your motorcycle tucked in somewhere. I need to. I need to put one so I can like take. Yeah. It what are you looking for? What are you looking for? Is the lighting out there? Um, extra light. Yeah, there's lighting out there, and there's little cube lights, but I don't know if you Yeah, they're in those containers. All right, I'll look through it. Don't so mind me. Take those three, those three containers outside. Okay. Yeah, we're just doing a live show. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Yeah. Don't, it's don't, don't it's just me. a whole bunch of people out there. <laughs> yeah. Aries Firearms, a dollar ninety nine to you, Hank Strange. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that from the Aries Firearms folks. Yeah. You know what I was saying? I think that uh, we we should. I think kind of like from what I see, Hold there back. is a way to decentralize everything that we have going on. And uh, we're moving in that direction. Hopefully we get further in that direction before things get bad. But I think that um, just as devast like September 11th, 2001 was devastating and there's human life lost. But I think that people realize that there's lots of things in America right now that if they shut down, it'd be equally as devastating. They could mm -hmm. shut down electricity. They could disrupt banking in a major way. They could do lots of lots of things yeah. to what we have going on and make our lives miserable. Yeah. So we need to we need to get on that those things before that happens and sort ourselves out. Yes, ultimately, I think, as Walter was saying, you know, this is a big country. There's lots of things here. We're a breadbasket. You know, we can produce uh, sometimes we're a basket case, but, <laughs> you know, we can produce the things that we need to eat to fuel things. We could we could cut ourselves off from the rest of the world if we wanted to, except for the Internet. Well, yeah, That's when, the that was a good subject. Let's let's let the uh, let's let control the internet to the uh, to some foreign to the foreign types. Yeah, the ones that yeah. the ones that want to the ones that want to throttle everything really bad. You know, you think you think uh, YouTube and them are bad. Wait till you know, like a Chicoms are running the uh, internet or something. Yeah, we've got to we've got to figure out how to decentralize a lot of this stuff before it gets out of hand. Anyone in control of it, the government in control of it, we can't trust. You can't trust big corporations in control of it either. What, what do you think about that, Andrew? I mean, going back to like the cryptocurrency topic you were talking about earlier, it's a I think it's a really compelling argument. It really like makes people independent, but obviously it comes with its drawbacks. Like JP Morgan, um, you know, Chase, JP Diamond, he was mm -hmm. talking about how basically it's not going to work just because he feels like countries want to control the money. They want to be able to pump money yeah. in and pull money out whenever they want to. And unless that changes, it's gonna it's gonna be very difficult to believe that they're actually gonna allow something like that to to take place and grow. But you know, it's kind okay. of a battle going on right now. And yeah, I, mean, I, I agree saying, with you. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. I mean, I'm he was saying like basically like the like blockchain technology is very smart. It's very effective. But he he was saying that he wants to try to separate the technology from the actual currency, like use it as two separate things to make maybe transactions faster, but at the same time still retain control. Like okay. if banks start using blockchain, for example. Right. I understand what you're saying. Um, I think what's going on there, and I don't know, Walter, whether or not you understand this or if people who are listening to it understand it. Um, I suggest everyone spend some time researching like blockchain and figuring out what's going on there. But the blockchain is the technology that allows things like Bitcoin to exist in a simplified way. Right. 
Right. So the, the reason that you could verify uh, Bitcoin is because mm-hmm. of blockchain. And I think that what's happening, the reason why he's saying that is because he's a big corporation. You know, right. so the big so when you have in, in the circumstances that we have now in the world, the big corporations and the governments do a lot of things hand hand in hand. That's what we have going on. So, of course, they don't want. Of course, the countries don't want us to decentralize money and corporations don't want us to do that either. They like the idea of the actual technology, the backbone of what's going on with Bitcoin. And um, I think it's going to be useful for lots of things. But I think that the idea of them trying to control what that's going to be used for is always going to be a bad idea. The more power we give to those, those guys already have a lot of power. They're never going to release it. So the only thing that we could do is take over or decentralize or have, you know, people individually have controls of whether to switch things on and off over the government or big corporations. I'm not against big corporations. I'm a capitalist. I understand all of that. But when you're in a situation where the big corporations can control the government, we have a two party uh, system here in America. Lots of places around the world work like that. It's either two or one parties that they have. Right. We've got to take away as many things from them as we can. This is why I believe in the Second Amendment. Like if you if you don't believe in the Second Amendment and you give up your right to bear arms, then you give that right. You don't ever it doesn't get given away into the ether. You give that right to the government. Or the I, mean, I, I love the libertarian concepts like backing up, you know, Bitcoin and I'm a believer in it and I haven't invested myself. I have family that has. But, you know, it's just a matter of whether it actually comes to fruition or not. You know, and whether the government's like, for example, in China, I know they're very hostile against it. Well, they can't they shut control down, like ICOs and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And it's all about, the it's government all about said, control. Like, yeah. I mean, if tomorrow the U.S. government said you're not allowed to use Bitcoin, no store is legally allowed to accept it as tender. I mean, I. I, I think it kind of kills it, you know. It crashes. I think it I would think, crash um, in a big way. <laughs> actually, I'm, I mean, if it's just like them saying, can they control bartering? Can I they mean, control bartering? See, you, they can't control bartering because we do that like this, face to face. Okay. When you, the, when you do the Bitcoin, you don't do that face to face. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, you got to go through somebody's network or somebody's wires or somebody's. Yes, but here's what I'm trying to tell you. So one, they have tried to control bartering, but we still do it face to face. The thing about the blockchain that the blockchain allows, see the the and and you know what? We should have someone come on and like have this discussion about blockchain and stuff like that. I'm just discovering it and I've been doing research and talking to Lola about it and all that. But the blockchain is the network, it is the backbone. That's the reason why they can't get rid of it. What it is, is the actual servers that process all this stuff that's going on. And it does not belong to corporations. There are big corporations trying to get into it. It does not belong to the government. There's people like in your house or in your office, you can set up servers and things like that. You know, so so because of that, if you if you continue to have that, you continue to have the ability to barter and trade if you want to through things like Bitcoin. They could try to shut it down, but they cannot actually shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's still going to be preserved in other countries and around the world, you know, generally. Yeah, it'll still be preserved here. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't have to actually kick in people's doors and unplug things from the internet or or try to kill off the internet. But ultimately, that will probably uh, replace the internet that we have that's governed by the you know, by the governments or corporations right now as we see it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a huge there's a huge potential there for that. Like, I think what I'm coming to understand and and I'll be honest with you, I'm like 46. So if a 46 year old dude is coming to understand this, this kind of means we're like 10 years away from everyone understanding this. You yeah, know? I don't know if you've had the opportunity to hear like John McAfee talk about it. You know, McAfee, I, I think half of him, he's kind of like super crazy, but then half of him is like pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like... Look nuts, at Walter, but... for example, look. Wasn't he involved in like a murder in Belize or something? What? Yeah, he like escaped. He was had like yeah. seven girlfriends. He was living with yeah. like two or three of them tried to murder him while he was sleeping or something. Yeah. <laughs> Some crazy story. But then again, he did invent the first antivirus and he's a smart yeah. guy also. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's... um. There's a warrant for his arrest right now, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, yeah I was going to say this. He's, he's in America, isn't he? I think McAfee's in America right now, right? Or I think I think he needs to get served in order to go to court, and he's avoiding getting served. So he's always, like, flying and, like, evading, I guess, getting served to go to court. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Because I think, um, does Belize have extradition um, treaty with America? Probably. I think it's over other issues, actually. I think oh. he's passed that for, uh, I don't know how, but... It's other reasons they're trying to pull him into court. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, I think that what I'm trying to say is there's ways of us getting away. Like right now, what we're dealing in the gun community, just to switch this a little bit. And I'm going to get in. I see people asking, like, what does WRG stand for? Do you want to tell people real sure, quick? Sure, it's just uh, We Run Guns. Right. And that's uh, your YouTube channel, right? Exactly. We Run Guns. YouTube.com yeah. slash We Run Guns. Yeah, I don't please. Think that the nine eleven tax finance would Yeah, go out there and support Andrew. We run guns. We'll get it. We'll get into a conversation here with him. But I think we're kind of like on a good track. It's kind of what's happening to us. That there's lots of people. Didn't I see that that uh, Tonto got shut down today? Hold on, let me see. I thought I had Tonto. something. Not Tonto. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Wait a second. Chris Peranto. Chris Peranto. Oh yeah, off of Twitter <laughs> or something. Yeah, because he's yeah. Spelling. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, he said something about Benghazi and Twitter was like, yeah, that's it. We're killing you. You know, I want to I want to just, you know, you see I checked and he was still online. Oh, I think after I read that. So maybe Twitter. Back. Yeah. Oh, is he back on Twitter from I, I checked earlier, actually, this afternoon. I was curious and I, I believe he's back on. OK, but but if Obama's out there, um, yeah, he's on. If he's out, oh, he's on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they probably got a, They got a hellstorm of a, a shitstorm mm-hmm. probably hit him. Yeah. If Obama's out on the stump trying to do what he's doing, the Democrats are very, very worried about what's coming up in the election. Oh yeah. Because when at the last election, good old Bill Clinton was right here in Safety Harbor, like the day before or something. At the at the, and the only reason he was out is because they were scared to death. And look what happened. Uh, everybody was out in the last election, Walter. Remember, all the Democrats were out. And that's what I'm yeah. saying. When the, when the, yeah. when the when the former president's right. out on the stump, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to do that. No, you know, it's a he, sign. Yeah, that means that the ones that are out there doing it are not the ones they think that can get a, the, anybody's attention. So they yeah. got to go out there and do it for them. They put a. Uh, I guess he. I heard someplace he was talking. He only drew like 750 people. Wow, Obama. So <laughs> this is the thing, because we can get out there and talk and say what we have to say, this represents a problem. And this is the reason why you see YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and lots of places coming down against us. That's owned by corporations, you know, and eventually this is why we have to seek another way that has nothing to do with these guys. So they cannot shut down. We, we should not have to be worried about, you know, this is going to create fear amongst people. 
you know, it's going to make people, there's people are already out there going, you know what? I'm not going to talk about this anymore. I'm not going to say this anymore. I'm not going to well, get into any of this stuff. Yeah. You know, so, so we need to find ways around that and we need to look for ways around it. That's why I've been looking into things like blockchain and, and other things going on there. Bitcoin, I heard about, I never got on the Bitcoin thing, but I was always curious about it. And then I came to realize the reason why Bitcoin still exists is because of, of the blockchain, right? And the, and the network sort of set up. About it, Hank. So like, you know how there's so many different types of cryptocurrencies out there? Another like, even though I really like the concept, another hesitancy I have is like, how do you know which one is going to survive and which ones are not going to make it? You know, it, it almost seems like a popularity contest in some respects. It's a gamble. Yeah, but life, life is always a risk. And if you're going to be 100% risk averse, then you will be a slave. Well, pick your, you know? pick your risk wisely, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you want to be 100% well, risk averse, then do nothing and sit around waiting for whatever it is that's going to happen. <laughs> and then other people will control your destiny. Um, corporations will decide to tell you how you're going to make a living, what are you going to do, where your money's going to be, or the government's going to tell you that. I think that it, for us, the kind of people that believe what we believe and do the things that we do, we're not going to sit around and wait for that. We understand taking risks, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I think that, you know, it doesn't mean we have to do something right now. I think what we need to do is start thinking about this and opening our minds and leaving our minds open and, and looking into different ways and figuring out how the hell can we, like we're having these problems with YouTube. Let's figure out how to get around that. If we're what having if you, problems with Twitter, anything. What if you had, uh, I don't know, you're probably thinking the same thing, the block, the block stuff. Mm -hmm. that's, but that's your network. <laughs> what do you yeah. mean? It's the alternate the alternate interweb. Yeah, I think so. That's why I'm looking at it because it isn't, it isn't based on one server here or one server there. And one it's in based yeah. all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Much. It's saved in everyone's computer, all the information. Yeah. All right, right. yeah, that's the reason why I'm looking at it, because what's happening right now, people are setting up these uh, networks and then they're all getting together in one big, massive cloud. Right. Uh, or that there's the potential that that could happen, right. you know, and so people are actually setting up, um, people are setting these things up and they're not always being used for things like Bitcoin. I think oh, they're going to no, be used for, no, no. they're, they're going to be, be used for, for they're going to be used for all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the government don't like all that stuff. No, not necessarily, but so what? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying, and it like, and like Bitcoin, they don't like that because they don't have their fingers in it telling you what you can and can't do and collecting taxes from it. Yeah, exactly. That's, That's another issue. The, all, your, all your other financial transactions all are taxed. you got to pay a tax somewhere, somewhere or another to, to do something, whether you, where you get a money order or you get a freaking, um, you know, whatever you go to the bank, you get taxed. So, you know, they, they, if your money's not in the bank, they don't know who's got the money. Well, so either they eventually have to stop the tax because the taxes <laughs> shouldn't exist. Really? They're going to stop the tax? Or or they'll have to just figure out other ways to do it. They're going to have to listen. There were lots of things that people that the government didn't want to happen. The government didn't want the Internet to be released to the general public. Why, why would they want that? Yeah, I mean, well, there's a million ways to tax people. I'm sure they'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I hope they don't. I hope. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't, I don't want them to either. I, I have personally libertarian views, but, right. you know, I, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll try to find a way. 
Yeah, there's always yeah. a way. I mean, well, definitely they're out there trying to slow these things down because I think the internet example has scared the shit out of them, and the internet's kind of gotten away from them. And what they're doing is is creating lots of regulation around the internet and putting in kill switches and things like that. So anything else that they are aware of that's coming along, they're going to try to do something with. But ultimately, people are going to want this because of the things happening in the world. Look, the way that you here's what I would say to you right now, Andrew. The way that you deal with your money today is not safe. Okay, how many banks keep getting hacked? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, how, yeah. Many, how many times are people's information um, being made public or hacked into by one place or another? You've got literally nations out there uh, just hacking us all the time to see what they can get through and then disrupt what's sure. going on here in America. Yeah, so definitely. it's going to happen. We have to figure out ways around it, you know. It's it's gonna eventually have to happen. It's either do it do it or die. I gotta trade. Yeah. I'll trade you two dozen eggs for a half gallon of milk. You got it. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm down. <laughs> Couple I'm down. So, <laughs> some goat so cheese. About, <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Speaking about risk, guys, I wanted to ask you guys. So I saw an article today that I came across. It was from a, an NRA board member, Dwayne Liptak. I don't know if you guys have heard of him or not. Um, no. Do you, it was where kind of like, did you see that article? Uh, it was from, let me see. Yeah, throw it up page. in the chat. If you go up into the chat, you can throw it up there and we can take a look at it. Uh, so you can copy the link into the chat. Do you see the, uh, the box on the top? It's blue with lines. All right. Give me yeah, one second. Copy it into there. Yeah. But basically with, uh, if it was from, uh, so basically, uh, what is that website with, um, anyways, what basically the what they were blog or the truth about guns, one of those truth about guns. That's where it's at. Okay. Okay. So maybe someone can help me out because I got a few windows open here. Okay. But uh, truth about guns, uh, Dwayne Liptak, and basically what he was talking about, you know how the NRA's kind of been obviously like put down a lot, especially in the gun community, for compromising and not taking a hard stance. And okay. it was a pretty interesting article because he was basically saying he wants the same end result that we all want, but he disagrees with the road to getting there. Okay. And I think it's kind of a controversial topic within the community. But um, right, I, I found some way. merit. Okay, so go, so you uh, said you, there were some good things that he was saying in there? Yeah, I think there was some merit to it because uh, if you think of the opposition, they, like for example, what caught my attention is I know how you're very upset with like Rick Scott and I am too, right? From what he did in Florida. And, mm. you know, definitely obviously violate our rights and everything. But for example, now coming up, we have, you know, Bill Nelson, who's extremely anti-gun, uh, you know, 10 round capacity, assault weapons ban, the whole nine yards, yep. you know, versus Rick Scott, they're neck and neck. And obviously we honestly, we don't really have a good person to go to. Right. Mm -hmm. But basically what he's saying here is like, sometimes you have to just choose the best pro gun candidate you have available instead of just having to, and it kind of seems like a compromise stance, but it, let's say the alternative is like, let's say you don't vote for Rick Scott. We get Bill Nelson. And then maybe in a few years we get, you know, assault weapons bans and all types of stuff down the pipeline. So just want to get your views on that. OK, Walter, do you want to give your view first before I get mine? Uh, well, sometimes you have. Well, mine's not going to agree with yours, Hank. So, yeah, um, I understand that. That's OK. Um, sometimes you have to work toward that. That end result. You can't just say, no, <laughs> I'm not doing it. And then. The same thing keeps going on and on and on until he dies. 
And then <laughs> and hopefully you don't have a Democratic governor that puts in another Democrat into the Senate. Um, but anyway, so, yes, I, I probably I will not vote for um, I'll just say I won't vote for um, the Democrat and I'll leave it at that. No, I understand that. And, and I understand what this guy is saying. Here's the thing. That's always going to be an excuse. If 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 you accept that excuse, it's oh, it's been an excuse for the last however many years, and it will be an excuse until infinity. You know, uh, that's the way that I look at that. We're always dealing with like, yeah, you know, we got to accept that, and then and and it's better to get someone in there that has our Republican behind their name, and they're at least and, and you and you're saying, you know what, I'm happy that they're at least pretending that they're a Republican and they're pro-gun. Well, I'm going to put it to you this way. That's a lot like you as a guy saying that you would date a transvestite or a man who's pretending to be a woman because you want to have a girlfriend. Might as well just like get a, 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 a dude who's pretending to be a girl just so you can have a girlfriend. I would rather be lonely. <laughs> I would rather just be alone and just handle my own business. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, okay. So well, you if, know, you, if you if you want to accept something that's fake, like in the case of Scott, so I'm not saying don't support. I get it. Like I, 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 mean, just, I, I, I completely disagree with what he did. You know, but in terms of just being logical for like the future of of my personal gun rights in Florida, you know, like what's in my best interest as a gun owner is not Bill Nelson. That's for sure. If oh. he's you know come you know out you know coming out you know saying all these things about guns, you know, I think he supported like going after FFLs, you know, making them liable, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but he definitely has look what he, Aside from all that, look what he just did with Trump. He did a blatant, flat-out lie that there was evidence that, that the Russians were concluding, you know, he, that in the Trump and the Russians, it was a flat-out lie. They're going to bring him up on ethics. They might bring him up on ethics charges. You know, it's, it, it's a, that's that kind of, it's that kind of party-line thing or death. You know, for for these Democrats, so they'll say or do anything to they to, to think they get their way, and 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 that's the way he's always been. And I can't do that. I mean, I'm not saying Scott couldn't do something like that too, but remember, once he gets to Washington and the money starts getting, he'll do what he's told when he's a junior guy. And, and when he's told by who, who's well, going to be telling him what to do? I don't know. You exactly. Don't know. I don't so here know. here's the I mean, thing for me. Here's the thing for me. Look, I just switched over, Walter. I don't know if you. Heard about this, but so when, we dark to, side? when we went to vote the last time, I switched over, like officially became a Republican and all that okay. kind of stuff. So you I get go. it. So I'm in the I'm in. Well, I was voting before. I was just like, you know, Florida has this really stupid thing where in the primaries you can only vote for the party that you're registered to. So if you right. register as an independent, which I really am, then you can only vote for the independents, which are very seldom on the ballots. So you actually go in there and you can't even really vote for anyone or you're either you're so you're either that or a Democrat or Republican. When I came here, I was a Democrat. I stayed that way. I've been voting for Republicans for years and years now. So I just figured, OK, I'll switch over. I get it. And for the most part, I support Republicans because for the most part, I see that, you know, they are tend to be conservative, constitutionalists, pro Second Amendment, etc. The problem for me in particular with Scott, is he's given us evidence that he's anti-Constitution and anti-Second Amendment. And if you're going to support someone like that because you're like, well, he has a he has that R at the end of his name, then he's just going to keep doing what he's done. He's done uh, more damage than Nelson has done to Florida as governor. Yeah, I mean, 
You know, I mean, so I don't want to see Nelson be, uh, become a senator again or, or retain that. At the same time, Rick Scott has to feel the pain. Republicans in Florida, I think, have to feel the pain and come to realize, like, even if he gets in there by the thinnest margin, they need to tell him, listen, don't mess around ever again. You know, or he needs to fail altogether. And when they go look at it, it's like, man, you did this thing right, you know, at the end of, of you being governor. And this is why you lost this thing. They have to feel pain. Otherwise, they're going to continue the behavior. This is no different than the conversation that we had in the beginning when we were talking about um, other countries and them attacking us and doing things. Go ahead. I mean, I totally agree. I just feel like we should definitely make them feel the pain in the primaries. Like, don't even let them get this far. You know, in the primaries, that's when we should choose the best candidates, you know, that could represent us. Agreed. But the problem is, is that this is the problem with Republicans and Democrats in a two party system. The, you know, this guy basically, you know, who was opposing him? The Republican Party just decided, yeah, we're going to give him this thing. It's all rigged to go in this direction. So the places where you have control over this are incredibly are incredibly limited. And it's the way that the system is set up. This is one of the reasons why we even need to change the way that the system is set up. You know, we need to be able to change the way that things are happening for, for all of us, including those of us who believe in this. Because if you have two parties, the way that it is in America, it's basically like you have one party. They just they everyone plays to their party. They get the power, then they sit down and decide what the rest of us are going to do. And that's pretty much what Rick Scott did. He decided, I want to be a senator. I want to go from being governor to senator. He decided that a long time. He literally signed this thing into law and then announced he was running. That's yeah, what yeah. went down. So I think he has to feel pain for that. Otherwise, we're going to keep we're going to keep feeling the pain for that. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely like understand that point you know, really well. I was just, you know, another point that, that I was brought up in this article was uh, the importance of public opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times, like right now, for example, we, the Republicans control everything and we haven't seen any like pro-gun legislation in the past, like what, two years almost, year and a half. And it's pretty disappointing. I think most people didn't expect that. But uh, what, an interesting thing about this article, what they were saying is I that, you know, you a lot of that. it goes back to public opinion. You know, so if, if the politicians don't feel like public opinion is going to help them and, you know, all they're looking at is getting reelected for their next term. Mm -hmm. So that's their number one priority. And if they don't see the numbers there in public opinion supporting their their moves, then, you know, they're not going to do it. So I think one of the next things that we really need to focus on as a community is like getting public opinion our way so that the politicians could follow. I'm not sure if you agree with that or not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, Walter, I'm, not, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing at the chat. Oh, yeah, this there. Yeah, they're getting into some stuff. It's gotten a little uh, <laughs> gotten out of hand. That's what happens when you don't give shout outs. So I oh. don't know who really needs shout outs <laughs> out there. Talk to me. I'm it's mad. Too, it's too late for the shout outs. If you really if you really absolutely have to have a shout out. Go I got ahead. your shout out right here. 12 page. <laughs> And just so everyone knows, I'm a GOA life member. So if you guys think I'm like a compromiser or anything like that, you know, like I totally support GOA life member. And, you know, I donate to them all the time. I buy their shirts, buy their merchandise. I'm a huge fan and I love it. I love the no I think you're bringing up. I think you're bringing up good points, man. I think I think it's important for us to have the discussions. Walter, go ahead. I'm a member of GOA, too. All right. And the Second Amendment Foundation. Yes. And the NRA lifetime member after yes. after a, after a big Dick Clinton got elected. So, yeah, we're all like I'm a member of the NRA and GOA as well. You know, yeah. um, so that's the thing. Look, I think 
I think what's happening with Republicans right now, I think what you said is true. There's lots of things that they can do and they're just like not doing it. And there's a bunch of different reasons. I think the biggest reason, though, is what I keep saying, man, we have this two party system and these guys don't really need us until they need to get reelected or elected into something. Other than that, when they're sitting there, they do what they want to do because you're right. Right now they can do what they want to. And that time is expiring very quickly. And the pre- and the reason why they're doing it is so that we have this pressure like, oh, my God, if we don't vote for Republicans, even though they haven't done shit, you know, what's going to happen is we're going to get Democrats and then they'll do this thing. You know, that fear, that game, that that like childish game that they keep playing with us. At some point, you have to realize that if you keep falling for it, you're totally insane. Yeah. I mean, I think part of their mentality, too, is that if someone's like right leaning, they're always going to vote right leaning. Right. But what makes the election and what makes them either win or lose is people in the middle of the road. You know, these people in the middle of the road are always, you know, like, for example, Florida, it's a swing state, you know, and that's what pretty much these guys kind of focus on. I think a lot of times. And that's why I think it's so important to sway public opinion, because I think politicians look at the middle of the road people as their tickets to getting elected because people all the way on the right or all the way to the left are always going to vote the same anyways. I think that's what that's a lot of times why they compromise or do these things is because I think they're thinking of that group of people. Okay, so uh, so how do you think I think that's a you know, you're making a point there. How can we so other than us, the diehard, hardcore gun guys, how do we swing public opinion? You know, for the people out there who either don't have any guns at all or maybe they're curious about guns or whatever it is. How do we swing them back in our direction, especially when we're going up against the media and all those kinds of things that are out there? I mean, an important aspect, I think it's like YouTube, for example, like we have to fight to stay on YouTube. It's always I know a constant battle. You had your issue uh, earlier in the year uh, trying to be on YouTube. And I think if we go to these like niche websites, we're not going to get the masses. We're not going to get the middle of the road people, you know, and we have to. I think slowly, inch by inch, just how they attack us inch by inch, we have to go back inch by inch, you know, making something the new norm. You know, we push a little bit, we keep it status quo for a little bit, and that becomes the new norm. And then we keep pushing forward, that becomes the new norm. And I think uh, just staying mainstream, staying on YouTube, staying in social media, you know, is really important. We have to fight to stay there as best okay. we can. Okay. Walter, what do you think about that? Or what do you think? Yeah, about they, the they don't like, I mean, there's a lot of... As you know, there's a lot of people that, that know of guns because of video games and YouTube and stuff like that. So they really don't like that thought that maybe you could be influencing someone to, well, that's not so bad. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. That gun didn't get up and shoot that guy by himself. Um, so, yeah, they don't like that. That's another another avenue of of free thinking or or, or another avenue of expression that, that doesn't meet the party line. Um, so, you know, like the the Benghazi survivor getting up and telling what really happened. Well, that's not supposed to be told. Yeah. They don't want those guys like Tig and <laughs> because and Barato, you know, we, all, we all know that was because of a movie or a, yeah. or a, or a, you know, that wasn't because of, you know, the bad guys over there or the fact that the Hillary Clinton didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> well, anyways, we all know yeah, that. I mean, it was a situation of negligence. She kind of just turned a blind eye to the situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, some some that's what happens when you work for the government and then you know too much about what's going on. You become sacrificial. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the ambassador was sacrificial because he knew what was going on with the guns going to Libya from Libya to Syria because he met with the Turkish ambassador the day before because that's where the guns were going through Turkey. Oh, 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 oh. oh. 
Yeah. <laughs> so. I think I think this is the reason why we see uh, social media is coming down on us. We're, what we're talking about is against the narrative of YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or the, the media in general, right? Newspapers and things like that. One of the reasons why these guys, obviously their story was out there, but the reason why it was able to get out there and, and anyone was able to see it from a perspective other than the one that the White House was pushing or the media was pushing at the time is because of social media. Right. Yeah, These exactly. guys are alive. They survived. That's so they deserve most of the credit for that. And then people started putting that message out there. And then those guys are still out there right now. And they and they continue to put that message out there. But even they are getting attacked and coming on the fire. And, you know, and you've got places like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube are coming down on these people saying, oh, you can't make this post or this thing is racist if you say this or this is like, uh, you know, you're 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 inciting violence or whatever it is. We have those problems. So, yeah, we need to try to stay on these things so that we can communicate the message to people. I think ultimately we need a way to I hate to come back to it. We have to get all of this stuff out of the control of the of the people out there that just want one message being given and people programmed in a deliberate way you know yeah so. exactly i mean it, it's kind of a controversial issue because you know i think maybe we agree where you know the private companies should be able to do what they want but you know there's always that discussion of whether these companies have grown so large that they become the new public platform you know where people should be able to go out and discuss and speak freely so Mm -hmm. It's like, do we want that government control in that particular area or or not? You know, it's of course yeah, it's honestly it's a little contradictory, like uh, contradictory with like our personal values of like, or at least mine of uh, being like libertarian and trying to you know not put the government in every little thing, but, <laughs> but you know, silencing our voices is also you know an issue. Yeah. So, and I know, uh, Walter, I know you want to say something. I know people are asking me like, you know, so then what am I going to vote when when I vote when I go to vote? I, I first of all, I'm not voting for Nelson. I'll tell you that. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to write in whatever I want to on the ballot, you know, but I'm not going to vote for Nelson. I'm also just not going to vote for Scott. That's my particular thing. You if you don't feel that way, hey, I get it. But I've actually spoken to these people. You know, I haven't spoken to Scott, but I've spoken to a lot of people that are involved in us having these draconian uh, gun control laws that we have now in Florida. And I could tell you these people told me that they're not they don't care. They don't care. They understand that you're just going to go out there and blindly vote for them because they have an R behind, you know, on their name because they're a Republican. And if you're going to do that and they could do whatever they want to and you continue to lose your rights, then they don't care. And on top of that, they're not worried about social media. This is the problem that's going on. The established Republican uh, Republicans that are out there do not give a crap about social media, even though that's one of the biggest reasons why you have Donald Trump sitting in the White House. But that's also the reason why they are sabotaging him. When you guys don't believe that there's people in the Republican Party actively sabotaging Donald Trump, then I don't know what to tell you because they are. It's pretty damn evident every day that they're doing that. And the thing is, they don't care about social media. They don't like the idea of social media. Why? Because they can't control it. Okay. They just want you to vote for them blindly like drones because they're Republicans. And if you want to do that, that's fine. But then you're going to be consistently here complaining about stuff. So when you're here next year complaining about it, 
I'm talking to you about it and I'm going to actively do something about it. That doesn't mean that who I want want to become this thing or who I vote for is going to get in there. When these guys, when, if you get Scott in office and he's 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 in Washington and he continues to do anti Second Amendment stuff. Hey, you've you've told him that there's a reward for it. You told him that the strategy of putting gun control in effect in Florida before he ran for the Senate worked. Not only is he gonna continue to do that, other Republicans here in Florida who also want that power and wanna go to Washington are gonna do the same thing to you. So you'll just be here complaining and carrying on about it, even though you think if you just blindly vote for someone because they're a Republican, you're still gonna get that. You, If you wanna be dogmatic to it, be dogmatic to it. I'm, I actually believe in the second amendment. I actually believe in the constitution and I'm willing to like get up and talk about it, you know, and that that's just what it is for me. So if you're, if you're just worried about a Republican being up there, even though they keep taking away your second amendment rights, that's also, you are hundred percent welcome to do that as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I totally respect your opinion, man. And I totally understand that. And I think they should pay for, you know, violating our rights and everything. It's just, you know, by doing so, unfortunately, I guess there's there's different, you know, frames of mind. I, I have the same goals, I think, that you do. I do want, like, you know, all this stuff to be legal. I don't want this to become illegal, you know, uh, next next month or anything. So I think we have the same goals. It's just, like, by teaching him a lesson, I feel like at the same time, you might be causing permanent damage, you know, in the process, which is my concern. Because I understand you know, that. let's say we, we let's say we teach him a lesson. We get Bill Nelson. He puts all this, you know, uh, status type of rules, this anti-gun laws. They and what happens like 10 years of the same stuff, it becomes the new norm. And it's very difficult to push back, you know, in the other direction. And I feel like he like he I think Rick Scott knew what he was doing in the sense like it was pretty like messed up what he did. And he knew like I could, you know, screw people over and they're still going to be dependent on me because I'm better than Bill Nelson with guns. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know what? Anyways. Listen, I, I agree with you on that, man. This is the problem that we're facing and we can't fix this problem. This is what's happening. We can't fix it until we fix other problems that we have. We can't. And one of the things, look, I was looking, um, I think, I don't know if do you do you watch Joe Rogan? I did. I saw the Elon Musk thing recently and I okay. see him every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, Walter, do you ever watch Joe Rogan? I know you're a busy guy. I actually don't. No, you don't. OK, so I know I think last night or something like that, he had on a politician from Hawaii. I can't remember her name right now. She's got like a weird name. I can't remember it, but she's a Democrat and she was on Joe Rogan and she was talking about how in Hawaii there's this thing that the Democratic Party set up called superdelegates. So no matter who you go vote for in Hawaii, the people, the, the other part. So so Democrats control superdelegates. So congressmen, et cetera, they control the superdelegates. So whoever you vote for, they decide who wins that, that contest. So in the case of Hillary versus Bernie in Hawaii, she was talking about how 70% of the people voted for Bernie. But the superdelegates were like, mm, no, we're gonna give that to Hillary, right? So what are you saying, Walter? You gotta, you gotta say it so Money. people can hear. You gotta say it, Walter, we're, this is a podcast. You got to find the money, man. It's the money, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, have you seen how screwed it up is in California in their voting? Oh, where they where they end up with, where they end up with two Democrats on the ticket? 
there's not even a Republican on the ticket a lot of times because yeah. they've got it set up where the Democrats or only Democrats get on the ticket. It's like. Yeah, that happens in California, New York. It happens. So, so that's that's a lot like you know, Venezuela and Cuba. You know, it's the right. same way. So here's what I'm saying to you. And I'm not saying that Republicans don't do this kind of crap because they do. The thing that I'm saying to you is, is that we have to fix that somehow. How the hell do we fix that? Well, I can't fix Hawaii. No, how do we fix this overall thing that's happening, right? Well, how do we have other people decide for us? How do we have the Republican Party try to decide for us who's going to be president or who's going to you know, run under the, you know, under the Republican banner or the Democratic Party decide who's going to run under the Democratic mm -hmm. banner? How do we change that? If we don't ever change that, we just have the same system and it's we're not fixing anything. Okay. You know, yeah, I don't have an answer for you. I think there's I mean, ways. Yeah. I think there's. Yeah, I don't ways. think I don't think most people would agree that super delegates are fair. You know, it's a fair system for anyone. Yeah, it, it's obviously just disregarding whatever people vote for. It's like, what's the point of even voting if they're going to choose for you? Yeah, look, I don't think so. I don't think the solutions to any of these things are easy. I don't think they're easy. And I think, as Walter said, the biggest thing here is the money. This yeah. is what happens in Republican Party and the Democratic Party. It's all money. The money decides the money flows this way. The money flows that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Republicans, one of the things and I'm telling you, ask Walter, I'm not a super Trump fan. You can ask Walter. He'll tell you. Not right. Really. He gets he gets he gets mad at me all the time. I'm not but, mad at you. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing about Trump. The Republicans did not want him to win. Repu the Republican Party actively, actively sabotaged his campaign. OK, they yeah, did see, not want him to win. See what happened, though, right? Uh, why? How did that happen? How did it happen? Because the people spoke. Yeah. How did he connect to the people through everything? Well, he had his own money, too, by the way. Yes, he Remember, had his he, own money. He, he control the Republicans, the money. They don't they don't dangle him like a puppet because he doesn't need their money. But right. he had, what, a fraction of the money of Hillary, right, when he was running? But guess what? He still had a lot of money. The other guys yeah. had nothing. They had nothing. They had to follow the party line to right. get money. Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So what happens when, say, like Marco Rubio ends up in Washington? He's got no money. He's, he's, he ain't got no money. He's got to do what the Republican Party in yes. Washington says to do. Okay. Our, little, our little Marco is going to go home. He's not going to be on any committees. He's not going to do anything because they'll tell him, go home, Marcos. You're a bad boy. Yeah. OK, <laughs> so that's one, the money Two, the way to communicate with the people. OK, the way to communicate with the people. See what those other guys didn't have, what Marco Rubio didn't have, what lots of guys that, that were out there running on the Republican side didn't have. They don't. But this is just a little secret. They don't believe in social media. Well, and, and social media is cheap. <laughs> they don't believe in it. Social but media is cheap. Yes, you, know, you don't have to have a million dollar uh, uh, a weekly uh, uh, ad expenditure to run social media. You just got to know how to how to push the button and get people to run it. And, and you know, we have to catch you, catch yourself that people watch. You know, it doesn't I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that with uh, Trump's campaign, but it, I mean, it could get pretty complex, you know, analyzing, you know, the way people think, putting ads strategically. I mean, social media can make or break elections if Absolutely. people use it properly. You know, uh, Armament and Axis gave us two bucks. He says term limits for Congress. Yeah, Thank well. you for that. You know what the thing is? I think that social media is a way to reach. But uh, still, 
I'm telling you, a lot of these guys don't. They have it. They all have it. So if you go look up any Republican, any Democrat, they're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. They don't even they don't even they don't understand it. They're worse than your dad or your grandfather. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I like to communicate with them there because they don't really get a lot of action there. And I feel like they they really try hard. <laughs> if you talk to them on like Twitter or like any type of like social media, they will see it for sure. They, yeah. Maybe they won't respond, but you know for a fact that your legislator saw what you said. You know, yeah. you know that what Donald Trump does on Twitter is working because the, 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 the Democrats say that's not presidential. Yeah, but they tweet also. Schumer's always tweeting. That's okay for them because that's their they're propagandists. But when yeah, when Trump gets on and says, you know, he 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 replies to them in a, in a unpresidential way. He's crazy. He's lost his mind. We got to mm-hmm. impeach him because he's nutty. And it's like, uh, ever watched uh, Nancy Pelosi and Bill Sh- and and Schumer? You ever get a look at Schumer? Some of these faces he makes. He looks, he looks, I hate to say this, he looks like, well, I'm not going to say it. Well, they, they also, they tweet unbecoming stuff. The whole way that the game is played, all's fair in love and war. So the way you play the game is you punch your opponent and then you're like, stop punching me. But you keep punching them. You're like, why are you punching me? Um, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be nice to you. And then when they get confused, you just really punch them in the face. Even you're, going more. For the, you're going for the kill shot. Yeah, that's how this game is getting played. And well, you do when you not giving into that. You know, when the guy's down on the ground, you don't stop kicking him. You kick him till he. Yeah. One thing, the one thing that Trump knows is he understands media. He understands getting attention. Media is about attention. Why are so many people doing using social well, media? Why do you think he it's says a, the crazy stuff he gets through the whole election? He constantly said crazy stuff, and he was constantly on the news. Oh, he was, yeah, Trump, he Trump, 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 Trump. You know how cheap that was? That was cheap. It's like Trump, Trump, Trump. It's like yes. you saw it every any five seconds. It was his name on the on the on the media. That was great. So the the thing that I'm trying to say to you guys, the pitch that I'm making is I'm not saying there's a solution. I'm saying let's look for a way to change where the money's going. <laughs> let's figure out a way to not have the Republicans or the Democrats okay. decide our future. Okay. I'm not saying it's here now. I'm saying let's look for it. Let's nourish, you, you, nourish you, it. Let's you want to make you want to make it way better. You, you 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 do away with all these super PACs and all these things where like those um the the organizations that are not that's not Hillary's group, but it's this this group and that group. We're all funded like by source, which is all legal. They made that stuff legal. That wasn't always the way it was. That was something that came in, in recent times with these super PACs and all this stuff. Do away with all that stuff. See what happens. Yeah, yeah. You know, take away all that. I'll take away all that. Um, that side money. All these different groups. The uh, yeah. that are that are that are that are not. Well, they're not my. They're, they don't work for me. But yeah. well, let's their- say let's say this again. Decentralize it. Dece- that's the word of the day. Decentralization. Look it up, Walter. You wanna you wanna look that up right now? Well, Go on Google. Decentralization. Okay. Uh, well, I'm not. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, okay. Oh, what am but I supposed- de- Decentralized or de? Okay. Transfer authority from central. No, that's not it. <laughs> Transfer authority from central to local government, but that's not what we want to do. Right? <laughs> Move departments of a large organization away from a single administrative center to other locations, usually granting them some degree of autonomy. We want to do something closer to that. The thing is, we need to take away the money. 
You know, we also need to take away the attention and then the places that control the attention. A long time ago, it was newspapers and TV. Today, it is social media. And then where, where the hell are these guys getting the money from? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an issue. I just think like, I mean, a lot of times people obviously vote with their wallet, right? So like, I don't know, like, if you know, recently like, with like Andrew Gillum and Ron DeSantis, like this issue going on, like, I personally don't want, you know, a socialist state. I don't have anything against him personally, but just, you know, his views, I, I honestly don't agree with. I know you guys were discussing it. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it was oh, yeah. Why don't you want podcast. a socialist state? I'm just curious. <laughs> <laughs> Venezuela, I mean, Cuba, I, Nicaragua. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> tell us, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want that in Florida. I mean, obviously, I, I like having the autonomy to do what I want. I don't like people telling me what to do. I think I'm a decently smart person. I can make my own decisions. I could handle my own money. I don't need to give it away to someone to, like, manage it for me. You know, so... Well, they can set up safe, safe shoot-up zones and stuff? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, like, for example, I donated some money to Ron DeSantis' campaign recently. And I just felt like that's kind of my way of, uh, I guess, voicing my concern or kind of, like, voting with my wallet in advance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know like so you know it's used to small levels here and there honestly when you have you know 10 million dollars you're pushing to one thing it really you know gives unfair advantages and I totally get your point but on a micro level you know you can at least support your candidates and people and topics you do believe in yeah I think what happens is the way that the money is going is that it's going to so when I say that it's centralized it's going to the Republican Party and then some people in the Republican Party who I don't know who probably who definitely don't know me and, and they have their own agenda are saying, you know what, we're going to take this money and we're going to push it in this direction and that direction and that direction. And they and they do whatever they want to do. Right. And there's a lot of cronyism and things like that going on. I think if we were able to decentralize it and take it away from that, where if we like someone out there, we can go, you know what, you need more money to do what you're doing. And then that person controlled the money. And if they're if they're right on and they're doing the right things, they've got the money. They keep going. If they if they mess up or we don't like how they're doing what they're doing, we switch our money over somewhere else. You know, that's that's I'm looking for something more like that. Richard Hughes gave us two bucks. His his comment is buzzy, buzzy, blah, blah. So shout out to Richard Hughes, by the way. I think he's approaching a thousand subscribers. So. Um, you know, if you're not subscribed to Flying Rich on YouTube or Richard Hughes' channel, which you can follow through the chat here if you see him in there, go subscribe to him so he can get to a thousand and then he can have a big party and we can see Pebbles in a bikini. I say when Richard Hughes gets to a thousand subscribers, we need to see Pebbles in a bikini. Nothing else, a caricature of it. Don't put that poor bird in a bikini. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what? It's okay. It's Pebbles a boy or a girl, Walter? Do you uh, know? I don't know. I don't know how to sex them. <laughs> you were you were checking out the uh, appendages. <laughs> it's a heart on a bird. You know, it's hard to see that yeah. stuff on a bird. Yeah. You know? And Richard Hughes was at uh, El Cachobee Shooting Sports with us, which I think we all met up there. I don't yeah. know if you remember Richard Hughes, Andrew. Yeah, I met him for the first time out there. He's a really cool guy. Yeah, very cool. So, if, yeah, you need to go subscribe to his YouTube channel as well. Richard, you also need to subscribe to We Run Guns. And uh, whatever time we have left, we need to get All you, right. Andrew, to tell us about yourself. Yeah, what, let's what you just, do let's, just, let's see this politics stuff someplace else. Yeah. All right, sure. Sounds so, good. So, yeah, Andrew, let's start it off. We'll do some gun stuff. I'm sure people want to see that. You brought some cool guns. Walter sure. has some stuff. So tell us, like, who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Okay, so uh, basically, you know, you know my YouTube channel, uh, about to hit 5,000 subs. Been doing it for about a year and a half now. It's my baby. I'm always like trying to work on it, seeing what I could do. 
What's it called? Uh, I mean, it called? Tell the people. It's called We Run Guns. So just like my username, We Run Guns. If you just search that, you should see me kind of like a blue, bluish icon up there. So yeah, that's my channel. It's my baby. I've been working on it. Uh, most of the guns and stuff I get are mine. You know, just in the past couple of months, I've been working more with companies. They've been sending me more products, doing some reviews. Recently, like I'm working with Bravo Concealment. They they sent me a few things. So this holster I got from Bravo Concealment, I got this one as well, you know, for the M4 mag style holster. And then I also got a double magazine pouch. Cool. So, you know, doing stuff like that. But aside from that, right now I'm in graduate school. So I'm in an wow. anesthesia program. So a doctor program. So it takes up a lot of my time. So, so you're, you're becoming, so, so what do you, can you tell us what you do right now? Sure. So oh, you're a right, student, obviously, but, and don't tell us where you go. Cause we don't want to create any issues. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I was an ICU nurse, so I worked in the cardiac intensive care unit uh, with pediatrics. So primarily with, with kids, a lot of times with babies that would get open heart surgery and stuff. So okay. that's kind of where my experience is. And then now, you know, I'm doing anesthesia. So what I'm doing, a lot of people are kind of unfamiliar with this territory, but it's called a certified registered nurse anesthetist. And Basically, uh, you know, I'm getting a doctorate in this and I'll be able to provide anesthesia. So a lot of people don't know, like in the military, for example, uh, CRNAs or anesthesia uh, anesthetists like myself are the main anesthesia providers. So for the United States military and uh, for many rural areas as well, you know, in in certain states, you practice completely independently. Right now, 17 states. Does that include Florida? Florida is not. Okay. So Florida, basically, it's kind of stupid because you have a physician supervision requirement. So you have to have a physician, I guess, supervising, but the physician doesn't have to know anything about anesthesia, right? So it could be a, a, a doctor that like is working on your knee. He doesn't know anything about anesthesia, but that's the guy that's supervising you. That's so <laughs> weird because that's a lot of people are dying um, when they go under, right? I mean, it's, it's it's not, I'm not saying everyone's dying when they go under. I'm saying that's a huge risk when you go under, right or wrong. It, it's, it's definitely a big risk, but uh, the numbers have actually gotten like a lot better. I think, you know, don't quote me on this, but I think it's like 0.04% chance or something like that, you know, fatality of anesthesia. So, you know, numbers look pretty good. They've definitely improved in the last 10 and 20 years. Uh, but, but yeah, that physician requirement, it's, it's one thing like nurses, for example, are right now like advocating against that. It's actually up to the governor, the governor with the signing of a pen could, you know, eliminate that supervision requirement. But exactly. Walter <laughs> says, Walter's throwing up the mic. You got to talk, because Walter. That, this is a podcast audio. Because that little doctor watching, he's on the tick. He's on the, he's on the clock when he's watching. Yeah, exactly. So like, even though like they're actually not helping or not doing anything, you know, in certain instances, you're, you're taking all the risk. He's just standing there watching. Oh, well, yeah. well, we'll send you a bill. He wants to get a bigger slice of that pie with the, with the bill for the, I mean, you go to the, the you go to the hospital and last time when Peggy went to the hospital, the care was fine. No problem with the care, but then you get a bill from some doctor. That's like, who the hell is this guy? You know, he might've walked in the room there's a $500 bill, you know, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They come up and talk to you for <laughs> yeah. two seconds. It's like, whoa, wait a second here. Hang on. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm here to uh, bill you for $10,000. Yeah. Yes. How are you yes. doing? No, uh, Please make yeah. sure you pay this money on top. I got to go get some coffee. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So that's a good thing. So you're, you're, um, you're studying. How far away are you from that, Andrew? So it's a, it's a three-year program um, right now in my third semester. So still got about two, two and a half years to go. I'll basically be a CRNA in the year 2021. So awesome. Yeah, it's in still, the year still 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Until like then, 
Exactly. It's taking a while. Luckily, thank God, my wife, you know, holds me down, you know, because I'm not really able to work too much right now or make too much money. The only thing I do is my YouTube channel. And, you know, okay. it's more for me for entertainment and like, you know, what I really enjoy, what I'm passionate about. Right. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, can we can we ask you what you're like, like, where did you come from? Were you always here in Florida? Yeah. What's, so like, like can we act, ask like ethnicity and all that kind of stuff? Sure, sure. For mm-hmm. sure. So born and raised in Florida. My dad is uh, American. My my grandfather on his side is also American. He fought in the Korean War. You know, he's yeah. a veteran. And then uh, on my mom's side of the family, uh, she's from El Salvador, Central America. So, I mean, every, everyone in Miami pretty much speaks Spanish, no matter where you're from. It doesn't matter. You're, you're going to pick it up. It helps. But, it uh, helps. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you work in a hospital or something like that, you have to. Or like yeah. you're a first responder, you're going to speak Spanish yeah. here in Miami. And then, uh, but her ethnicity is actually from the Middle East. So, okay. oh really? I don't know if you remember a couple of podcasts ago, you guys were talking. Uh, I think it was with Forge from Freedom. You guys were mm-hmm. talking about Middle East and stuff like that, North Africa. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know things like that with Sam. Yeah, which which I do think Egypt is part of uh, the Middle East technically. If I'm not oh, mistaken. Oh yeah. Okay. Even though it's in like North Africa, technically, right? Yeah, it depends on, you know, listen, people have their different opinions on that. Technically, it's on the continent of Africa. Africa. So it's North Africa. But at the same time, you know, there are people that consider to be in the middle. It's just like I'm from Guyana, which is technically on the continent of South America. But people consider themselves there to be from the Caribbean. And there's no one that I've ever met from Brazil or Argentina that if I say, oh, I'm from South America, too. They're like, yeah, we're we're in South America, and I say Guyana, which is on the continent. They go, whatever. <laughs> they turn their nose up at you. Is what yeah, exactly. So it's it's just one of those things. Right, right. This, you know, you're yeah. from the you're from over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't. It's like you know, in the family where they say we don't claim him. <laughs> he might technically be related to us, but we don't claim him. <laughs> Egypt's Egypt's politics is heavily involved with the Middle East. That's why it's. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. Not yeah. so much. Yeah. Egypt politics is not involved with South Africa. They're like two different worlds, you know, even yeah. on the same continent. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Dan, the man said he subscribed to you just now. So thanks for that. Um, oh, awesome. So, yeah. So go ahead. You were telling us. So you you said your family's from the Middle East. Yeah. So I've actually, you know, I've been there. I've been to Israel. I've been to Palestine. You know, I, I've been to those areas. Um, okay. It's been obviously a while. It's, it's kind of dangerous to go there now. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. But uh I remember actually I went to a wedding there a while ago and um, it was fun. Or in the was Palestinian in, in in the Palestine, Palestine, actually. In the Palestinian okay. Authority, yeah. In the Palestinian. How was it? How was it? Uh it was pretty interesting, man. And it was fun. You know, I went to like the Dead Sea, rode a camel, did the whole thing over there. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's nice. <Yeah. laughs> the whole tour. Were they, were, they, were they hotties at the wedding? Well, I don't know if you were already married, so don't get yourself in trouble. But. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I was single at the time, but. Oh, okay. Were there hotties at the wedding? Because, you know, every wedding, I'm going to imagine. Show. Yeah, oh, yeah. People, people go out to like stunt at the wedding, you know, so okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, cool. he's from America. Let's uh, see if we can <laughs> hook him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I've been to a few paces, but yeah, right now, you know, just doing my school thing and, you know, whenever I can, you know, I hit the weights. I, I used to be a boxer, an amateur boxer. Okay. So, you know, I love hitting the gym, doing some boxing whenever I get the chance, stuff like that. Cool. Cool. So yeah. how did you get into the gun thing? How did you... So I don't know, basically my uncle, you know, has a pretty big collection. He has, I think, 20, 30 guns, something like that. And uh, more like 80 stuff. You look at his collection, it's all like revolvers. He has all the different frame sizes and all the different calibers. And Did you say you 80? Know, like, he likes all the guns from the 80s? So, yeah, he's a big 80s okay. fan. 
Okay. Cool. So yeah, he used to like, yeah, he used to like take me out when I was young and stuff. And that's kind of where I got like my first glimpse into it. But a lot of it's kind of like myself, man. I don't have a lot of close friends that are really into guns. And that's why I love YouTube because I get to connect with other people and like talk to other people. If I have an issue, I could always like, as soon as I post a video, I'm gonna get, you know, a bunch of comments about it. And uh, it's a nice network to, you know, talk to other people with similar, you know, interests. Okay, Kathleen so, Music Lover wants to know what's the language in, Pal- in the Palestinian area? Uh, Arabic. Arabic, there you go. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, so you're, so he's into guns from the 80s and you're in Miami. Um, tech nines? Any tech nine going on? <laughs> yeah. no, I, I don't think he has a tech nine, but oh. yeah. yeah. But Mac it would be a, it would be a cool gun to have. Yeah, he but must I, have an Uzi or something. <laughs> yeah, but my my collection I would say is more modern. If you look at my my gun collection, like everything is like I try to have at least more modern stuff. I did recently get like my dad's old like hunting rifle. That would be my only like more classic mm-hmm. style rifle, but. Yeah, yeah, if I show you some of my so, guns, I don't know if you guys yes. want to get into guns. Yeah, yeah, let's show some guns. I'm sure Walter has some stuff over there as well. Uh, Scamp 900 says, I see some brass knuckles up there. So yeah, why don't you start start with the brass knuckles? Let's see cool. those. Yeah. I picked this up at a, a flea market. I believe it was like in South Carolina, North Carolina. I was like on the road and I saw this and in gold and everything. I was like, man, pretty cool. So I had to get it. I have a bunch of them, actually. I had like one of my first videos on YouTube is actually with brass knuckles. I think I had like four or five different sets. And, you know, a bunch of them, like some of them even have like, like, you know, World War One, that trench knife, that's kind of like a brass knuckle with the knife on it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, those, so yeah, it's the first cool. one right there. You guys can see that. Yeah, that's cool. Walter, <laughs> do you have one of those knives? I bet you do. Um, I've been wanting to get one of those ones, the knife with the, oh. the World War trench knife. I haven't found a good one, though, a real one. Oh, OK, cool. All right. Yeah, what my, else you got over there? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah mine's not a real one. Mine's a, a replica that I have. So it pretty much looks like brand new, you know, but. Let me see what I have here is a SCAR 17S in 308. All right, nice, nice, nice. And uh, it did a few mods to it. So you guys can see like the rail extends out a little bit. Okay. I don't have the, I don't have the UGG boot in the back like a lot of people do. Ah, yeah. And as you can see, I have no optic. Unfortunately with YouTube, I'm always like switching my optics and stuff to make videos. Yeah, and it kind of messes up my system, you know? Okay, <laughs> do you have iron sights on there? You got irons. Yeah, I got irons on it, you know, just for now. But, you know, I do want to get a magnified optic, maybe like a one to four, one to six, something like that. I think that's probably ideal for the scar. Yeah. Now, my AK is pretty set up, though. Uh Uh-oh. This thing is pretty much like good to go. So this is an Arsenal Sam 7 SF. Oh, cool. Oh, Arsenal. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I got a Romeo on it. So... I see you have you you've got you've got uh, high tasting guns. I'm guessing you don't have a high point. I don't have a high. You point. Should have a high point in your collection. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> wait a That's minute. Nice. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, Walter's pulling out the high point. There you go. What you got, Walter? <laughs> Check that out. That's either a hair dryer or a high point, <laughs> <laughs> or a club. <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely need to get one i've seen them on like gun deals sometimes if you get a 380 uh if i'm not mistaken for like 100 bucks oh yeah easy oh yeah yeah for, yeah absolutely you can get any high point for 100 bucks yeah <laughs> yeah so all right cool so arsenal very nice yeah, like it and what's that optic what what red dot do you have on the arsenal uh, it's, a, it's a romeo 5 so it's just a okay. red dot i got okay. uh, rs regulate mount on the back Nice. Shout out okay. to RS Regulate. That's the only way to do it. Show us that. Flip it to the, so the, there you go. Yeah, see if you guys can see that well. Yeah. RS Regulate. Okay, very nice. And then very nice. I also have got the Magpul uh, foregrip, and that was kind of a pain in the ass to get on because, you know, it naturally doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. I believe it's only for milled and stamped or, so 
I basically had to get it done like professionally. Someone did it for me. I had to do like a little bit of dremeling to get it in, but mm-hmm. pretty secure feel like it. I'm sure for someone like Walter or something, it wouldn't be a big deal to do it, but. <laughs> uh, sometimes it is right. for me because i'm lazy That's yeah i mean i think walter uses a dremel also right walter i do have, yes i you know the, the key to a good dremel use is some car a carbide burr which is carbide cutters they go uh, really fast no that's true you know what we should do a dremel video one day because yeah. everyone everyone's got a dremel That'd be a yeah. good one to have it like in, um, as you're cutting it, you do, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, stop at, not stop action, but. Um, um, time lapse. Or, time lapse, yeah, where you're not sitting there for hours watching something yeah, Dremel. Yeah, we should do a Dremel thing because everyone's got a Dremel and I know you use Dremels a lot, even though people think like you've got all the big expensive uh, CNC machines that don't always work. Oh yeah, like the one's broken <laughs> right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see, what else you got, Andrew? All right, so I got here uh, Mark 18 by Daniel Defense. Oh, oh boy. No, no, no sights on it right now. I actually haven't shot this gun. It's like brand new. So I have actually a few guns in my collection that I've literally never shot. I haven't had the time to really like get onto it. Plus, I got to buy the optics and I want to do everything right. Just out so of curiosity, does your, has your wife had to approve any of these uh, gun buys? <laughs> That's an excellent question, and I hope she's not watching right now. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, if, luckily, if a lot has, of... Man, she's pretty awesome. She's pretty awesome. I mean, no, my wife is awesome. She's, she's pretty cool. She's very supportive. I mean, right now, I'm not, I don't really have an income since I'm a full-time student, so I got to kind of take it easy. But, you know, I was working like the first like two, three years that we we're together, and you know, I was, I was doing pretty decently, so I was able to get a lot of stuff. And, you know, she was very, like, supportive. No, you make Sometimes good more than it. others. Yeah, right. sometimes more than others. But, you know, she's she's pretty good. You know, I'm pretty happy with that for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And I also got the Law Tactical uh, folding right here. So, for the back. Okay. The Law Tactical. Mm. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure and you guys are familiar. It looks like you've got the uh, blade. The blade. Um, what is yeah. that thing called? Yeah, the yeah. KAK. Uh, yeah. In the back. So, yeah, technically it's a pistol, of course. So mm-hmm. what's cool is like it could fit like literally in like a bag, you know, pretty easily. So for yeah. storage, it's pretty good, which is why yeah. I like it. Very cool. Just just a quick side note, Walter, did you see that? Remember, we were talking about the uh, bicep brace. Yes. The firearm blog did an article on that. I saw. I saw that. I haven't looked at it closely, but yes, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if someone from the firearm blog watches. I don't know. Or awesomeness. I don't know. If you do, what's up? You know, hey, give us a shout out. Sometime. If you already need to look at some of my PDW style stocks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Walter. Thank you. <laughs> of course, we got to make sure they do that. Yes. Yeah. KES all day. All right. So shotgun time. What are we doing? What are we working with here? All right. So I have here the Mossberg Shockwave. I'm sure you guys are familiar with it. Yep. Yep. Well, I so, so I actually, does Walter got one too? Yeah, there you go. Boom. Oh, nice. Boom. 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 Walter's got it. All right. What are you going to tell us about so, this? So I've been working a lot with like talent grips. They've been sending me, you know, products, you know, to test out and stuff. And I honestly, at first I was a little snobby and I was more like, nah, I like stippling better, you know? So it's a little mm-hmm. more permanent, you know, here and there. I had stippled like one of my Glock 19s. I think I have it here. So, but it was like a, by agency arms. They did this Glock 19 for me. It has a Trichicon RMR on it. Yeah. Hold it up a little higher. Let's see. Oh, take a look at that. Okay. You see, you can see that well. Yeah. Okay, so did, you, did you you stippled your shockwave 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 grip? That's what I was thinking at first, but you know I started working you know through my YouTube channel with Talon Grips, and they were able to send me you know a few of their products, 
And I'm surprisingly like, it surprisingly works really well. You know, I honestly, I don't see why someone would want to go through the trouble of like permanently, you know, changing their gun. I don't know if you guys see it well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah, can so see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's a pretty good alternative. I think it's like 17 bucks and, you know, honestly, I never thought about it at first. I was a little snobby, but it's really not a bad option. And for this shockwave, you want to have a good grip on it, you know, especially if you're going to be shooting up here. You know, you could easily, I think one of the first times I shot it, I hit my nose because I was like right here. Uh, I hit it. And <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or you can get an AOW. I think Walter, you still, do you have any of those um, K12s left? Yeah. Because uh, Walter's yeah, got the, Walter's got the K12s on sale. I don't know if you, did you see this at when we were at Okeechobee shooting sports? Did you yeah. get it? Yeah, I did. I did. It's super cool. Yeah. The Gold Brothers? Uh, was it one of the Gold Brothers shot with it, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. I saw that video. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Like shooting lettuce so, or something. Yeah. Walter has those on sale, right, Walter? Yes, we do. And actually, that, that actual shotgun to the Gould Brothers, I think, I think might have been sold. Uh-oh. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, the, but listen, if you can't do the AOW thing or you don't want to, the Shockwave, shockwave man. and other things out there are good options. Yep. I'm, not yep. hate, I'm not hating at all. I'm not hating at all. Nope. I wish I would have came up with the idea. Yeah. So David Reed wants to know how many geese you've gotten with that Shockwave. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any? zero geese under my belt yeah absolutely. or is this for walter oh, I no I, no that was uh david reed asking that question it's okay. actually in my opinion the shockwave type grips are the only way to shoot it is shoot it like from the hip because it yeah. doesn't lend itself to much aiming because it's actually very mm -hmm. uncomfortable in my opinion but mm -hmm. to get it up by your face like you have that moment where you end up having a a uh a stock in your face but um but you know the idea was excellent when i saw him at the shot show i said man they're gonna sell a shitload of those things so yeah yeah it's a pretty cool concept yeah you want to get a good grip on those things anytime okay is that it i mean other obviously we see the barrett behind you yeah, i see the barrett right here i don't know yeah, if you want me to know. carry it's kind of heavy awesome, but... oh no it's cool it's cool how long have you had the barrett uh, a couple of years, man. Uh, like maybe two three years uh, i've wanted for a long time definitely my biggest purchase that i have obviously oh, yeah so like yeah. I first armament and like, access says show the 50. Okay, now you're gonna have uh, to bring it up close. People want to right. see the 50. I'll take yeah. it. You, you work out, you box. That's all right. You'll be fine. Yeah, hey, I have to tote the Lottie around every once in a while. I can tote that 50. Yeah. He's young. He's young. You can do Jesus. All right, let's do this. Okay. So you got the fluted black barrel on there. Um, did you Cerakote it? No, it, it came like that, FDE. Okay. Yeah, that's factory. And uh, the suppressor is also factory, FDE. Yep. This is a 29-inch barrel. So I figured okay. if I was going to go big, I was going to go all the way. What's your suppressor? And, uh, what's that? That's, that's what suppressor surprise. do you have on there? So it's it's, from, it's by Barry. It's all uh, oh. you know, OEM. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll take yeah. it off for you. So you can see okay. Very nice collection. You know, my, my collection is not as fine, you know. Let me see. So you guys can see the suppressor up close. It's pretty massive. Yeah. Wow, that's, so, a that's a beast. Yeah, it does. It does yeah, need yeah, to be. Yeah. And uh, I actually shot that thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Did you get a chance to shoot that one, Walter? I did not, no. Oh, okay. Now, did you, did you get a chance, Andrew, to go over and shoot the SHTF-50? No, I didn't, man. Me and Walter kind of messed up that day. I think we should have swapped <laughs> off and, and shot each other's guns. 
Yeah. yeah. That's all right. We'll do it next time. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's obviously sure. I'd love opportunities. opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. You can come up here yeah. or I don't know, maybe if we do something out at uh, Okeechobee Shooting Sports or anywhere else for that matter, you know, you can meet us at Aries sometimes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there's always lots yeah. of good spots to shoot around Florida. That's one of the things I like about Florida. So Yeah, we have a lot of good spots. I think uh, even near me, near Homestead, they just opened a 500-yard range. Oh, cool. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. They also have, like, a shoot house out there. And I'm friends with one of the instructors. You know, he's a pretty cool guy. He's a veteran. He was in Blackwater. He's oh. you know, a pretty badass guy. So, cool. you know, it's a pretty yeah. cool spot. I'm definitely going to be going out there more. Yeah, so we've got some folks that want to know, like, what does a Barrett like that run? Because it came in this color, came with the suppressor. What are you looking at it? What, what are you investing in something like that? Roughly, you don't have to give us exactly. Okay, not, not that hopefully my wife is watching, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you want to go with Walter Bucks? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, the suppressor itself, you know, obviously I had to wait like a year for it. So that took me a while. The suppressor itself, MSRP is like 3000 uh, so, you know, a little pricey, I was able to get mm-hmm. it for a little less, the, the Barrett itself, I believe, you know, we're talking neighborhood of like 12, 12,000, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. I do have a night force optics on it. The night oh. force optics themselves, the glass yeah. is pretty expensive by itself yeah. also. Oh yeah. And right. as you, I don't know if you guys could tell, but it like barely fits above the reel. <laughs> you guys yeah. can see that. Let's see. Let's get it. Lock it. In. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Very yeah, close, so I very barely close. got it to fit in there. I was actually concerned that I got the wrong like uh, rings, you know, for the yeah. for the height. But yeah. you know, barely just works, and it's actually perfect. I think for long distance shooting to have it kind of low. Yeah. So even though these are extra high rings. Okay, so let me ask this: You've got a really nice collection, man. Congratulations, first of all. Yeah, thank you. you know, that's awesome. Now it seems that you've invested. You know, you've put a lot of good, you've bought good things, right? High quality brands put money in that. Did, have you ever, did you ever buy the cheap stuff? Did you start low end and then work your way up or just cause oh, your yeah, uncle I mean, and all that, you just jumped in there and like when you bought stuff, you bought the good stuff. How did that work out? Nah, I mean, my, my, my first gun is a Glock 19. Uh, I had it for a while for years. Actually, I still have it right here. This is the one that I had with the Bravo concealment. So it's literally the first gun I ever bought in my life. And I had it for a long time and I didn't really get anything else for a little bit. My second gun was a Smith and Wesson M&P Sport. Okay, and that's a great you know rifle. That's kind of where I learned a lot of my fundamentals and stuff. And I, I it's funny, I bought it for like three hundred bucks. I remember it was like on sale at a gun shop, mm-hmm. and I decided you know why not go for it. I shot it for several years, and something happened with Obama. I ended up send, selling it for like over five, almost six hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so buy low, sell high. Yeah, so I literally got to enjoy it and then you know make money off it. It was like the best investment I ever made in my life. <laughs> So how did you start getting into the high end stuff? Like what, you know, what was it that led you to say, listen, if I'm, if I get these things, I'm getting, I'm getting this. Is it, do you, is it YouTube? Did, you know, how'd you come to this? I mean, of course, YouTube, things like that, you know, that's where I learned, right? Cause you know, I, I want to be an informed consumer. I don't just buy anything cause it's, it's, you know, cool or whatever for that moment. I try to do my research. I like things that are proven that function properly. I don't want to buy something and down the road, have all kinds of issues with it, you know, but, uh, I would say probably just, you know, going on, on YouTube, doing research and, you know, I was getting married soon. I think it's probably my biggest motivating factor. So, you know, once you get married, it's kind of, you know, you kind of have to ask permission, get things here and there. And I was like, you you know, think about the budget time. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you work together. I mean, you can't 
just do this. I mean, this thing costs more than my car. You know, I, for everyone th- out there thinking I, I drive a Mercedes, I don't. <laughs> you know, I I drive a car that costs less than this bad boy right here. So, and I'm yeah. happy with it. You know. Yeah, I you could always making- get an old diesel Mercedes, man. There's not, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's about making decisions. You know, what you want to do with it. So, what do you got, Hank? Uh, oh, this is Tavor right here. My super highly modified Tavor. Tavor. That's what, oh, very cool, that's man. what I've got right here. No optics or anything on it right now. I've just pretty much changed everything, especially the hand guards and all of that. You know, the rail, as you can see. Oh, it looks so, pretty cool. Yeah, I modified the hell out of this thing. So, Walter, what do you have over there? Uh, well, I was digging stuff out today because my air conditioner is not working in this room right now. Mm-hmm. So I got to get it fixed. I'm going to put everything away when the AC guy comes over. But um, happen to have a Catamount Uh-oh. Fury 12 shotgun here. Catamount there you go. Fury. That's looking sexy. Yeah, yeah they're okay. Oh, um, okay. When it works. Um, okay. Yeah, it was kind of a letdown. When I first got the thing is when they first came out. And uh, you know, it was all this rent. Oh, it shoots any kind of ammo. And I put some regular ammo and it didn't work right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm gonna probably one day cut it down, make it S, you know SBS or something like that, and take this take this funky grip off and put a regular pistol grip on it. But you know, something to do project in the future. Yeah. Um, Red Bear says I need a 560 SEC to go with the Baller collection. <laughs> that, a 560 SEC is a pretty cool Mercedes. It's the coupe. Yeah. Always been a fan. I've always been yeah. a fan of that since Bobby Brown times. Bobby Brown. Yeah, Bobby Brown had a 560 SEC. So what can I what can I tell you? And uh, here, Cody sent me a picture. Here you go. Sent me a picture of his guns, throwing nice. up the guns out there. So is that the entire collection, Andrew? Do you have any? Um, no, obviously you showed us the Glock 19. Uh, do you have? Are you you got a bunch of pistols or? Yeah, man. Uh, let me see here. I have uh, Glock 43. Uh, it was customized by Terran Tactical. So I don't know if you guys are familiar. They worked a lot with like the John Wick movie and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I've actually met um, Taran Butler. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is basically one of my main carries that I have. So if you're curious about my my carries, this is probably my most common one I have. This is a holster. You know, recently I reviewed. But you know, I have that. If I'm feeling really lazy, just basketball shorts or something, I have my 380. Here is just a Ruger LCP2. Okay. Cool. And then, you know, I really try hard to carry at least a Glock 19 whenever I can. So, okay, good, good. That makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> and then I have a bunch of other guns. Like I said, Hank, like I have a couple of guns I've never shot before. Um, I have a Benelli M4 that's still like disassembled in the box, you know, brand new. Uh, what else I got? I got an AK, like a classic, like 1961 AK. Uh, what is it? Where is it from? Um, Jeez, I don't even know off the top of my head. I did a lot of research in it when I bought it, and now I kind of like forgot about it because I haven't used it or looked at it. Oh, okay, okay. But um, uh, I don't want to mess it up, man. I know there's a lot of AK guys out there that are very particular about, you know, what they say. But it's Chevs or Factory, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But uh, yeah, Richie yeah, like, wants to know how the uh, trigger is on that LCP too. Uh, pretty good. I think it's pretty improved. I used to have actually the LCP Custom the pistol before it so um and they did some work to the custom you know from the original lcp but you know this is like a, a world difference you know they have like a safety feature within the the, um, the trigger which allows them to lighten it up because before basically they were just you know depending on the weight of the trigger as their safety 
So okay. now they have kind of like a Glock style, you know, so it, you're able to, you know, lighten it up and, you know, works a lot better. I, I'm able to shoot decent groups out to like 15, sometimes even 25 yards. Okay, cool. Um, shout out to Tactical Toolbox. I see him in the chat. You know what's always funny to me? That that Ruger basically copied um, Caltech on the LCP, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, With the P380? Yeah, they copied it, but now then they improved it <laughs> with the with the Ruger too, and Keltec hasn't improved that thing yet. So it's the same old thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Keltec still, is still like lighter. I think it's maybe cheaper. It's, yeah, it's smaller. Yeah. smaller. So yeah. it still has its advantages. You know, there's no sights. At least this one has like sights on it, though. You know, and I, I did like the nail polish on the front sight, so it's like you know red. It kind of like stands out a little bit. Yeah. Also put like the talent grips on it. The talent grips actually help because when you have a really small gun, I think like the LCP or something, if your hands get kind of slippery or something and you don't have all fingers on it, you know, it could slip. So the talent grips actually did, you know, help me out a lot with that. Okay. Um, okay. Let's cool. see. Uh, yeah. I think with the, with the P3AT it's cheap. So I don't know which one's more popular, but I know that there are lots of people out there that really like the, um, the LCP2. Yeah, I think the LCP2 uh, has like uh, more sales and stuff going on right now. I mean, they 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 have more volume and sales that they're doing. Yeah, yeah. A shout out to Aries Firearms. I see him in the chat as well. That's I'm assuming that's Trey. It should be. Uh, yeah, and the Mubut says High Point, Caltech. So High Point, High Point greater than Caltech. I don't know. He's got the greater than sign there. So. Oh, and you guys were talking about Microtech the other day, right? Yes. Yeah. So just got oh, my first microtech go. actually. Oh. Oh, oh sucky. Which one is this? This is the Combat Truidon. Okay. Dagger. I figured to get dagger because like OTF is probably like one of the only opportunities you have for dagger. But I also got some cheap ones. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard of like the lightning OTF knives. Mm -mm. No. So these oh, literally cost these cost like 30 bucks, literally. And they're pretty fun to play with. I, I bought a few of them. So <laughs> I've got yeah, okay, hold on. Let's see. Okay, do it again. Yeah, let's see. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I've, got, I've got a cheap one. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Very cool, man. You got a cool collection there. I I uh, I suggest you guys go out and subscribe to We Run Guns. You know, yeah, check out the YouTube that. channel. Walter, what are you showing off over there? Oh, this is a what is what name is this thing? This is Chinese twelve gauge, kind of like a Sega. Some of the current ones on there's a it's called the cheetah now, but um, this one was made by um, were sold by DDI before they were sold to Palmetto State, but um, yeah, they work. Inexpensive twelve gauge. Um, mm -hmm. Nice. I, once again, I'd like to take this one and dock it off too and make it a a little more yeah. uh, more more smaller. But, yeah. So we got some comments from folks. Rick Hunter says lightning is a badass knife for the money. Um, all thumbs says for a guy not working, you have some nice. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I, I, I did work a lot before, just so you know, it didn't come uh, from nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And he's working hard. He's going to school, studying, you know. Yeah. My um, friends always joke around, like, whenever I graduate, I'm probably going to buy helicopters. Who knows what I'm going to get? Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. And Aries I do want to ask you guys. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say that Aries Firearms, Trey, says, watch. Keep an eye on Walter. He's sneaky. <laughs> All right, we'll do. Oh, yeah, am I going to pull out like a 105 millimeter howitzer or something? Yeah, or yeah. He's going to start pulling out guns on Andrew. Okay, Andrew, what were you going to show us, man? 
So I got this ammo recently. I've been kind of hesitant to shoot. I was gonna see what you guys thought about it. So it's for my 50 cal, right? Okay. And it's subsonic ammo. It's yeah. loaded by Detroit ammunition. It's 690 grains and it's subsonic. So I don't know, do you guys think I might have some issues with the Barrett? You guys, well, it's if, not you, gonna, if, it's if not gonna, you, you can hear it. It's not gonna cycle. It. Yeah, it's not, I don't think it's intended to cycle. I just want to make sure. I don't. I don't know. Some people told me like if it's remanufactured or anything, I should really be worried or concerned with the Barrett to not damage it. Okay. What do you think? Walter is the expert on all things fifty. The sub the so. subsonic should be all right. I mean, when you shake yeah. it, you don't hear much because there's probably there's not much powder in there really. Yeah, um, you hear it like shaking around. I'm like, man, that sounds kind of weird. I'm not used, used to that. On, on the subsonic stuff that I've used, which was loaded by a friend of mine, they used. Um, red dot pistol powder and um and then they use foam actually like peanuts to fill it really? fill it in so it's fun to shoot though because it's like through a suppressor it's like super quiet and there's no recoil Look, <laughs> yeah it. that's why i bought it i thought it'd be pretty fun yeah oh yeah, yeah. trey says trey says it's fine um i'm uh, trey has a barrett also right walter uh, i think pretty so yeah, sure. yeah, yeah yeah i'm pretty sure he has a barrett because i think i've shot it yeah couple times so he says he says uh aries firearm says remanufactured is fine as long as they are reputable what was the name of the company again uh detroit ammunition so if you guys want to see it yeah let's uh see that's, that that's how it looks and what was it per round what were we talking would you pay for this per round Oof, i don't know i i bought like two boxes of it i don't really recall i mean usually these things cost uh if i, I could get ball ammo for around like two dollars and 30 cents something like that uh, match grade like my Hornady 750 Amax, I pay about five dollars around. So this yeah. is probably somewhere in the middle. Okay, and David Reed says dip it in bacon grease first. <laughs> 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 Thanks for the tip. Uh, yeah. uh, no, don't don't actually do that. Don't the subsonic in the can is really fun. Yeah, because yeah. there's no there's no recoil and it's quiet as hell, and you're still throwing it that heavy ass bullet. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Yeah, I have to like it. Yeah, look, if you get any warning signs when you first shoot it, then don't keep shooting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be you right. know, It'll be yeah. Right. But I think for the most part, it you know should be fine as long as I think. Uh, what happens, Walter, when people run into issues? Do you find it's that they're loading themselves more often than not, or you know? Because I know you're, he's worried about blowing up the gun. So well, I think it's, how does that happen? I don't think it'll blow the gun up. I most people that have problems with ammo don't load their own. They're just buying ammo. That, that a lot of people get a fifty cal and they spend all this money to get a fifty cal. Then they go to the gun show and buy the cheapest ammo they can find, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they have no idea where it came from. Oh, it's in an ammo can. It's military. It's like oh, that don't mean nothing, you know. And and then when it doesn't work or it doesn't extract right or or whatever they're like well your gun's not working right it's like well what are you shooting for ammo i don't know mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm like well <laughs> you yeah. could have an ammo issue most of the times if people change the ammo they, they end up with better results once they have a problem like that but yeah um, but definitely if you have issues that have not blown up your gun 50 do cal keep, do not keep shooting that ammo through your gun or it's, or it's not sure. extracting or it's not doing this that or the other yeah try something else don't blame the i know barrett only it guarantees they're going to work with Barrett ammo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's one of their things, I think. Yeah. What did you What did you see when you bought the gun? What did it say? Did, uh, did Barrett say I, only Barrett ammo? I mean, they they don't uh, recommend reloading. That's for sure. Although yeah, anyone yeah. that's really into like long range shooting, you know, does load their own stuff. Right. So that's a, that's a liability thing there. 
Um, yes. Yeah. So they do say about, you know, reloading. I'm not sure about, you know, only using bare ammo. Uh, I think you could use like reputable brands, especially like Hornady or things like that. But, um, you know, I've had very little interaction with their customer service. I think I've only had to call them like once and they've been pretty cool. Never had too many issues. Yeah. I think all those things, as Walter says, is there for liability. And, you know, yeah. there's people who obviously if they make that that guarantee, then they're going to have to live to it. And so people overuse it. I think most of these guys, as long as, you know, you're not going out of your way to blow up the gun, will try to somehow take care of you, obviously. You know, yeah. in, in terms of warranties, one of the weirdest ones I saw was with Microtech, actually. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Microtech's warranty, but apparently with Microtech, if you try to sharpen your own knife, you void the warranty. Which oh, is really? kind of crazy because yeah. like you can't sharpen your own. I mean, it's, it's supposed to be like a lifetime warranty. So I guess they only want to sharpen their own blades. I don't know if they've had issues with like people breaking the tip or not or yeah. ruining it while trying to sharpen it. But oh, yeah, it's sharpening on a grinder and then send it back to them and they're supposed to fix it. Yeah. 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 You can obviously create problems. OK, yeah. listen, we're over the nine o'clock hour. <laughs> Let's wrap this up a little bit. Thanks for everyone who's still watching. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, we'll we'll let Andrew go last since he's the guest, uh, guest of honor here. Walter, yes, sir. What's going on with you, man? What do you have going on? Uh, just making the donuts like normal. Um, what's going on in the shop? Let's see here. Um, making parts, man. One, uh, the one machine's not fixed yet. Service guy's supposed to come out on Friday. Um, then I'll get a ginormous bill, and then. <laughs> but we're making parts, man. You know, turning yeah. out. Got to get those KES stocks out. Oh, we got we just got back a bunch of stuff from anodizing today. Some of the parts for the uh, once again. Oh, I meant to I meant to say that we're taking orders again for the CZ stocks, CZ a compact entry stock for the Scorpion because cool. the parts are coming back in. Um, got parts back in for the MP5K stocks. Um, so things are progressing. Just Absolutely. Stay, stay tuned. Yeah, get up on your if you're waiting and, you know, if you're waiting for your favorite thing, you can get in touch with Walter yep. through social media, Facebook, Twitter, yep. Instagram, yep. Yep. you know, call up the shop. Yeah, if you want to order something, the very best way is to just call on the phone. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Trey is reminding me to remind you of the toy drive September 22nd. Yes, that's coming up. I'm going to get you to get you guys the info. And we'll. Yes, that's a definite go on the 22nd out at Aries, yeah. Aries uh, Firearms Training Facility. Yes. Uh, you, you bring a you bring a military vehicle to this thing um, and a toy. You shoot free. I believe if you just bring um, a toy, you get um, a half the price off on the sh on range fee. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'll have to double check that. But um, yeah, come out there, shoot some guns, have some fun. Military Help vehicle. out the kids. Get bring yeah, yeah. Um, bring new brand new toys still in the box. In the box, yes, in the original wrapper. Yeah. yeah. Yep, okay. There. Very cool. All right. So, Andrew, thanks a lot for coming on, man. You've been a great guest. We'll we'll get you back on here again. No, thanks for inviting me, man. Really appreciate it. I was looking forward to this all week. So pretty cool. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You know, thanks for coming on. So yeah, what do you sure. want the folks out there to know about? This is like your final pitch to get the people out there to follow you. Tell us your social media, your YouTube channel, all that good stuff. Sure. So just, you know, check me out on my YouTube channel. That's probably like where I put all my heart and soul into. So that's where I put all my effort into. So just search We Run Guns. You should find me there. I also have an Instagram, uh, We Run Guns, same thing. If you want to find me anywhere, pretty much just search We Run Guns. I, I probably got it, like Twitter, different things. So, yeah, check me out. You know, I'm more than happy to answer questions. You always could interact with me out there. And, you know, I'm pretty open to like talking to people. I usually reply pretty quickly. So, so yeah, that's pretty much it. And I really appreciate being on the show. You know, I think we had good conversations and, yeah. you know, I look forward to coming back sometime. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Thanks to everyone out there that's watching all that kind of good stuff. Everyone that supports us. Safety Harbor Firearms. 
Okay, my friends at Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott Munitions. There you go. Um, Andrew's Custom Leather, ATI Outdoors, right yeah. there. Um, tomorrow, we actually have a, my friend's son from Franklin Armory coming on the show. So, you guys look forward to that. And thanks to everyone that supports us on Patreon. We're Patreon slash Hank Strange. We, we appreciate your support. We will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks to Walter. There he goes. Handsome devil right there. <laughs> and Andrew from We Run Guns. We're out of here. Peace. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Hey.